find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. You are listening to Behind the Baller Podcast. This is the freshest, most versatile business podcast in the universe. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. I am the Korean Liam Neeson, the Asian American Robin Williams. My biceps are made of kakdugi and ravioli. And all I do is smoke VVS and kick ass. What's good, people? How the fuck are you guys doing? Episode 60. Rest in peace to my guy, Nipsey Hussle. Shout out to the Rolling 60 Crips. Um, so let me start off by saying, fuck the CDC and uh, the World Health Organization. I don't promote fear, okay? I do not use the word worry in regards to my podcasts that talk about the coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19. I just keep it 98 to 100, all right? Most of these news sites, most of these these people that have podcasts, they can't even keep it 75, all right? So yesterday there was a health conference in Los Angeles, right, with the county of LA, the county of Los Angeles, and basically they didn't say shit, okay? Yes, wash your hands, don't touch your face. And of course, this is not to bring up panic to the people, but if in case of emergency, please sure, make sure you have enough water and food and treat this as if this was a natural disaster. Bitch, listen, how many people really got it, okay? I, I, I don't know why, because why, why don't I know how many people? Well, none of us know. is because they don't have enough fucking tests. All right, and um, of course, the, uh, the the county of Los Angeles, um, the city of Los Angeles, the county of Los Angeles, they declared a state of emergency so they can get the funds ready and going. But you know what? I, I, this shit is just is crazy. Meanwhile, in uh, Placer County, which is near Sacramento, California, a man died from the COVID nineteen virus. He is the first person to die outside of Seattle, Washington. We are at a eleven person death toll in the USA, which is who fucking knows? I mean, you know, maybe with the deaths, you know, but but again, they're saying these people in Seattle, they could have been saved if, if people knew if they were tested. They didn't have tests, you know. They could have known it was too fucking late. And the scary thing about this situation is that this guy who died in, in, in near Sacramento, right, he was on a cruise ship somewhere between February 11th and February 21st, okay? Then he tested positive on February 27th. And he was brought to the Kaiser Hospital in Roseville, California, where he was isolated. Okay, well, that's fucking great. Check this out. Who the fuck else was on that cruise ship? Okay. I mean, there was thousands of people on that cruise ship. And the ship docked at San Francisco. And it went to Mexico. All right, went slow, whatever. It was on its way to Hawaii. It was only in Mexico for a day or something, right? But someone reported, I guess, not feeling sick or something like that. So the captain turned the ship around and they headed back to San Francisco. Okay. 
why not drop that sick motherfucker off and figure out what's going on on that boat or whatever and quarantine him? Or who? Listen, man, you guys saw what happened to the good people in Yokohama that docked in Yokohama on the Princess cruise ship, right? Okay, so we learned from that. That's motherfucking 80-year-old dude from Hong Kong. He infected over 30% of the fucking boat, right? So this guy didn't even know he had the virus for almost a week. Started feeling sick, whatever. Obviously, he, he tested positive. And imagine who he or anyone on that boat came in contact with because he said he got it from the boat because it was like, you know, international, whatever. It's people from all over. Imagine who the fuck all these people contact, came in contact with in the last two weeks. Okay? This is insane. The cruise ship supposedly messaged every passenger that was on that cruise. They said, hey, if you're feeling sick, have flu-like symptoms or anything like that, please go see a doctor or go to a hospital immediately. Okay, that's 2,200 people that were on this, this, this fucking boat. Like, bruh. You know, like, really, I, I can't no more. All right? My family vacation to Cabo San Lucas that we planned five months ago is now pretty much a wrap. All right? I better get all my motherfucking money back because this shit is compromised now. I thought about it. I was like, you know what? Cabo, it's not that far. We could fly private and uh, avoid TSA and avoid all this shit with the airport. But it's like, I don't, I don't, you know, who the fuck knows? Like if they, if some people dock in Ensenada and I, I don't, man, bro, this shit's just getting real sketchy, okay? Italy is getting worse by the day. Like ridiculous. They're, they're already like over 5,000. They fucking skyrocketed, right? And it's just super bad over there. Obviously, Korea is fucking horrible, but they're just being super proactive about it. Um, in fact, some dude got on my Instagram live today, or no, yesterday, and he was uh, he was from Korea, and he said it was by China, and all of a sudden he just fucking fell off the fucking, uh, who fucking knows, motherfuckers probably, he might have been infected with COVID, who knows. But um, there's this group, they're a K-pop group called Blackpink. They're like the Destiny's Child of Korea right now. They're in K-pop. They're fucking huge, right? These some young little bad bitches, okay? Lisa from Blackpink, right? She's one of the four girls in the group. Her two managers in K-pop, anybody who's a celebrity, you have like one or two managers. These managers are all, they're like, they're the ones who do everything. They go handle shit. They, they, they you fucking, they expedite stuff. You delegate things to them. Um, they go around and just do everything for you. Right, they'll wait in, everything from waiting in a line, everything. But they're they're like semi exec not executives, but they're 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 not like assistants, but they're like they're handlers. You know, they're legit. You know, they're they're good people. I love the people, especially they're they're on YG Entertainment. I, I've met these girls when they were thirteen years old. Um, Jenny in the group, she's my favorite in the group. She's this girl's beautiful. You know, she's already fucking crushing it. She's doing like Kylie numbers, and she's got like one eighth of Kylie's following, and she crushes it and, and is in all the right fashion shit and everything. This is a big fucking deal because one of the main girls from Blackpink, two managers got the COVID-19 while they were at Milan Fashion Week, okay? She was at two of the same fashion shows, maybe even three, that at least 10 of my friends were at, you know? I don't even fucking say their names. So just, just think of anybody cool that goes to fashion shows. Now they're in Paris or they were just in Paris for fashion week. And I'm like, man, y'all motherfuckers. And be like, oh, I'm about to let those shit. I mean, but it's just, yo, man, when you got people like this catching it in Milan and they're right there, they're less than a degree, degree of separation away from you, this, this shit is scary, okay? So I just want to ask my listeners, everyone listening out there, anybody over the age 35, all right? That means you've lived at least to 35, right? Or when in your lifetime... Or hold on, 
anyone my age, right? Obviously, or older, or 35 or older, when in your lifetime has there ever been not one, but four countries where the country shut down schools, okay? They shut down all schools. Tokyo, Lebanon, Italy, China, shut down all motherfucking schools. People doing it from fucking, from iPads, from online, whatever, from kindergarten to college, okay? They shut down amusement parks. Motherfucking Disneyland is shut down through all through Asia. They're considering shutting down fucking Disneyland in Paris, okay? Fucking Paris, they shut down the goddamn Louvre Museum, okay? Fucking uh, Ultra Music Fest in Miami has postponed their festival. The Geneva Auto Show is canceled. Um, there's a list of all the big things that are, that, are, that are getting canceled and stuff, and like big gamer conventions, huge fucking Facebook, con you know, meetings and and, and uh, um, summits. Okay, I think next week. Let's see, by next weekend, right? So let's say let's give it like eight nine days. By eight or nine days, I'll know. That shit's going to dictate how serious this gets in USA. I already think it's going to be. Um, Mike Pence said that there's going to be enough testing available for up to a million people in L.A. by this weekend. Okay, so once we get a legit number, and, and I know it's going to be bad, right? Because there's going to be a lot of people. It just, I don't know. It This influenza season's kind of ending. There's all kinds of shit. I bet you Coachella gets canceled. I don't give a fuck how many motherfuckers. People go there, they just crazy, man. But again, man, live your life, okay? Live your best life. Live your life. And don't let nothing fucking, you know, scare you or nothing. You know, I'm just telling you that, you know, I, I'm not going to take the chances because obviously I have, I have a child to worry about who has respiratory illness. So because London is, is um, you know, he, he ain't got it like everyone else. So I got to protect him times 10. But uh, I can't even give you a rough death toll across the world because all the numbers are bogus. Um, now specialists are saying that people are getting it from holding cash. You know, I, oh, you, listen, you know I touch paper daily, okay? But I also use sanitizer every time, or I wash my hands any single time I touch cash, even if it's pocket cash, okay? No matter what, touching cash, sanitizer, whatever the fuck it is, thousand percent, I always do that, always, but just be aware of what you're doing, all right? The director of health for LA County, she gave a speech and she specifically said, do not touch your mouth, do not touch your eyes, etc." And then what does she do? Not even one second after saying that shit, she immediately touches her tongue to get her finger wet to turn the page in her fucking notebook. I mean, yo, all I do is touch my eyes and touch my nose on like, a 10 minute, or every fucking 10 minutes, or every 20 minutes, literally, like, I, that's all I do. So on a positive note, I'm an open-minded person. Believe it or not, I really am. If I see any legitimate info about coronavirus, I use it, you know, all right? I try to read up on this not being an aerosol virus, but air, everything leads to the direction of it being an airborne virus, you know? Oh, yeah a handler at LAX who they said was wearing all the right protective equipment, hazmat suit, N95 mask, goggles, everything, whatever. He's there to test all the people who are entering the airport, entering LAX, right, for all the foreigners, and he's testing them, like doing like the temperature test, whatever, he's doing a screening. He caught COVID-19. And now he's home with his family on lockdown, right? I don't know. I just need a scientist or a doctor to explain to me how these people 
are catching it, who aren't coming in contact with people. I know he is, but what I'm getting at is like, yo, bro, like, it's not touching these fucking people. Like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what, what's really going on. You know, the droplets, they said, are small. doesn't prevent you from certain things. Maybe the droplet went through. Again, but how are you getting it? You're not, you're confusing motherfuckers, all right? If a motherfucker didn't sneeze on you, or it's something, I mean, like, it's lingering in the air, but it's not with, you know what I mean? It wasn't someone direct. You saw, you saw a sneeze or anything. It, it's got to be aerosol, you know? Anyways, I don't want to spend too much time on this, though, because we have a fucking legendary episode, all right? A legend an extremely notorious figure and not just hip-hop culture, but to just urban, all-black people, biracial people. He's a pioneer in the, in the gangster rap world, um, not just rap alone. I met this dude fucking when I was a little kid. All right, When I was 12 years old, I met this dude. So much game that we spit in such little time. But actually, this interview is about an hour and a half, so just prep yourself. If you're on a long drive, it's going to be nice. You can break it up, whatever. We talk it a lot. Ice can talk. He got a memory like a motherfucking elephant. But we could have easily went two to three hours, me and Ice. I had to do something that night. I felt bad. We could have kept going. He was so cool. Again, me and Ice go back so far. You'll hear about it. You're going to hear in the interview how tight me and this dude have been over the last uh, 30 years or so. But uh, my fucking unofficial godfather, Ice motherfucking T., is coming on the show next. Miles, cue up some iced tea for us, please. I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking. King of my jungle, just a gangster stalking. Living life like a firecracker, quick as my fuse. Been dead as a death, back the colors I choose. Red or blue, cause of blood, it just don't matter. Sucker died for your life when my shotgun scatters. Colors. The gangs of LA will never die. Just multiply colors. You are now tuned in to Behind the Baller. We are back. Listen, man, not only is this dude my unofficial godfather, this guy is just, I can't even begin you think I got a crazy career and, and I've done everything. This motherfucker done done 40 times what I've done. Not 40. And <laughs> but listen, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Ice-T on the show, man. It's a pleasure, Ben. Always a treat when players meet, man. It's yeah. always. Always, man. We're going to get right into it, man. I met you sometime during the movie uh, Breaking. And it was, uh, I remember Carmelo was like, hey, you know, um, if you remember, do you remember Carmelo? Yes. So Carmelo owned, owned uh, they did the 30 year anniversary not that long ago. And they were like, hey man, um, you know, you should come by here and be an extra here. Boom. And uh, that was like 83, 84, baby. Um, I actually have no recollection. What year did you actually start rhyming? What happened was before breaking that club, the Radio Tron was actually the radio. Right. It was like white hippie uh advanced people that got into hip-hop before la street motherfuckers got into hip-hop you know so it was like people like adam ant were in there and all the kind of you know it was it was because at that time hip-hop was a subculture it wasn't even yeah. really fully blown and um i had made my record in 1982 my first record right. which was cold wind madness and uh, I got a call from the people at the radio, and they said, do you want to perform? It's like my first show. I'm like, perform? You heard that record? It was only at VIP Records, you know? Yeah. And I, I went there, and it was a hip-hop scene. Uh, Sugar Pop was breaking. All kinds of people were getting it in. And uh, I kind of, like, became the stage manager 
of that club. I remember one night they took me downstairs and they said, this girl wants to sing. And I'm like, let me see your album cover. And it was, you know, physical attraction. I, can you sing? Yeah, she got up on the stage with Madonna. Shut the fuck up, man. Yeah. Madonna, not only was it Madonna, it was during her show, she was touching me and singing. And I had a girlfriend who got really pissed that this white girl was touching me on my chest. But Madonna was there, Malcolm McLaren. And what happened was when they decided to make the movie Breaking, they didn't want to pay the real owners of that club. And they called the, they changed the name from Radio to Radio Tron. Holy shit. Untold. So a lot of people listen. I know I have, I have a, a young following. Adam Ant was at the, he was the top of that 80s. That whole fucking don't drink, don't smoke. That motherfucker was killing it. How about it. Malcolm but McLaren, Buffalo Malcolm McLaren, Girl? By the way, Malcolm McLaren, I idolized. One of my first pieces of vinyl. Who the fuck can say that Keith Haring did the artwork to your fucking album? Real talk. Like, come on. So that, was that your first hip hop show? My first hip hop show. And that's the club where I met soul sonic force that's where i met cold Holy crush shit. brothers that's where i met africa islam and all the new york cats this guy uh alex jordanoff and another white cat named kk they were like real hip cats they were like graffiti artists yeah and they were bringing all these new york real rappers right to la i met grand mixer dst I remember and that. i was i was just trying to be down i was like you know but now at the same time i'm doing that i was hustling Right. Because uh, no one had ever bought a car rapping yet. So right. I, the, the New York rappers could not understand why the fuck I wanted to be a rapper when right. I had a Porsche and I had jewelry and I yeah. had everything. You know, why you want to be a rapper? I was like, yo, because rapping is dope. Hip hop yeah. is dope. So they couldn't figure me out. So that's crazy because, okay, so damn, Grand Mixture DST. So you, a lot of you guys, when I start getting into hip-hop talk with people, I think a lot of them get fucked up when I was talking about some real old-school shit because, like, so why is it fresh? Like, DST, that's some crazy shit. When did Reckless drop then? Reckless dropped? Yeah, yeah, you're right. What happened? Like, like I always tell people, like, you're talking old-school. I'm, like, third-generation hip-hop. First-generation is unrecorded hip-hop. That's before anybody made records. Those are the flash tapes, the legendary Treacherous Three tapes. That's that's hip hop before it made records. When Sugar Hill made the first big record Damn. and everybody broke, that's when it became kind of mainstream. But then the first major rush of rappers would be Sugar Hill, Run DMC, Fat Boys. But that's Houdini. second generation, Fat Boys in there? Yeah, second, because first has to be unrecorded rap. Right. Think wow. about it, you know? The stuff that comes off the street before yeah. they ever started to record. When they was in Cyphers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and they were playing in the park, you know, the Cool Herc era. That, that was yeah. not recorded hip-hop. Nah, if you sure. ain't got the tape, you don't know nothing about it. Yeah. You know? So that, and then Run and Them came out and that. And then I was in the third with P.E., Rakim, Ice-T. I was in that next wave. What year did Ron Pays drop? Uh, 82. 82. Ron Pays? Yeah. No, nah, yeah, Ron 86. Pays, 86. Yeah. Was that under Sire Records? I forgot what, la what label was that under. Yes, that was Sire Records. Okay. And that happened because I had put out records in L.A. We right. had put out uh, Cold Wind Madness. That was 82. Cold Wind Madness. Then I put out uh, Dog in the Wax, Six in the Morning, uh, You Don't Quit. I put all those out with Unknown, Techno Hop. That okay. was the same label King T was on yeah. and Compton's Most Wanted was on. And Wait a second, Cosmo, I, I didn't know that MCA was even around back then. 
Yeah, Compton Most One was on Techno Hop. Back. I didn't know that. I mean, King was, was I was, you know, six in the morning. We're talking about some legendary shit. <laughs> I mean, bro, even Nipsey did put the shit in, in his mixtapes, right? Well, so, six in the morning was kind of like the theme song for the sixties when they yeah. when they when when they heard six in the morning, the, yeah. the neighborhood was like six in the morning. Yeah. That was their theme song. And Bust the Right Turn was on Crenshaw. Exactly. So take me to the process of creating that song, man. Where were you? What was the idea? Like, who made the beat? Tell me, like, the story, bro, behind that track. What happened was, okay, so I'm trying to rap, and I like I say, trying <laughs> to rap is because I'm a West Coast rapper, and yeah. until. New York thought you could rap. You couldn't rap. At the end of the day, uh, L.A. was a techno sound. L.A. was Uncle Jam's army. L.A. Right. was Egyptian lover. Yeah. So I'm trying to get my foot in through the door rapping. And uh, I'm doing these hardcore records, kind of like LL Cool J. Like, you know, right. you don't quit, dog in the wax. But my boy, Randy Mack, who is, you know, just one of my homies, uh, He's actually from Van Ness. He's over from uh, near uh, Western and uh, basically where the VNGs are. He's a, yeah, right, so right next to Slauson. Right, right, right. That's right. a VNG hood tech. Well, right. technically, Slauson swapped me where my store was. Right. It's technically a Brim neighborhood. Right. But VNG is right there, like literally knocking on. That's right there. Yeah. Right. So he, but my man Randy Mack was like, yo, man, say that shit you be saying, cuz, you know, blood. He's a blood, right? But yeah. everybody I grew up around with Crips. Yeah. But, you know, the thing about LA is it's like if you're not really gangbanging, which I never was, you can move amongst them. You know what I'm saying? Nobody trips. As long as you fly and you got your G on, nobody's really tripping. So I knew Bloods and Crips, yeah. you know? So he was like, yo, yo, do, do that stuff that you, you know, you be saying, you know, and I had been saying lots of gangbanger rhymes when I was at Crenshaw High School yeah. before I knew what rap was. So he had an 808. We had a hold of an 808 and we decided to make the beat. Now the beat, we were trying to get a beat, something like uh, the Beastie Boys beat. Hold it now, hit it. Yeah. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, I chill real ill when I hold it now. Yeah. And you know how that record breaks? And it goes, yeah. Doom, then it comes back. Yeah. That's the same thing we did with Six in the Morning, but we did it with dun, dun, dun. So I wanted the, the beat to go and then it to break and then come back again. Beastie Boys. All right, so these are all the influences. Right. So we wanted to beat that went something like that. Now, I was in a club called the 213 uh, in Santa Monica. You mean 321? 321. I remember, dog. Downstairs? I'm, come on, bro. 213, yeah, you're right. 321. 321. Check me, Ben Baller. <laughs> <laughs> and let's, just, just so you guys know, this is super old school shit. We're going to get into some crazy, but the, yeah, 321 was, was the spot. Right, so I'm there. And I hear this shit come on. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then somebody, this cat said, PSK is making that green. Oh, man, yeah. People always say, what the hell does that mean? Peace for the people who can't understand. A one homeboy became a man. Yeah. S for the way you scream and shout. One by one, I'm knocked around. Now I'm listening. And I'm like, though, this shit sounds like angel dust. Like I was like the the reverb was turned up on the voice, on the drum, on the yeah. kick. But it was early that that this is back when everyone was yelling on records. Yeah. So I'm like, this shit is dope. Yeah. So now I take the beat and I say, I'ma use this delivery, right? So next thing you know. Holy I shit. I didn't just think until you when you said that right now, when I'm hearing the clashing, like 
Oh, fuck. So now, Schoolie D comes in. PSK with making that green. People, I say, six in the morning, police at my door. Fresh D to squeak across the bathroom floor. Out the back window. So now I'm, I'm like channeling Schoolie D with L.A. lyrics. Yeah. Not long after that, my brother from another mother comes with, the boys in the hood are always yeah. hard. So talking, so we was all in that same vibe, and I was just with Dre. Dre said, "Well, you know, Boys in the Hood was uh, Six in the Morning Part Two, but we was all like, it was just another type of gangster instead of just being so aggressive, just be like laid back, you know. And like I like what Schooly said, you know, uh, suck ass DJ. He said, I put my pistol up against his head, said suck ass nigga, I should shoot you dead. I was like, yo, this shit is so G." So that's where it all came from. It was inspired by PSK. It was inspired by Damn. a Beastie Boy type beat. And when I did the song, like Chuck D says, the B-side wins again. It wasn't intended to be a hit. It was just some bullshit we threw yeah. on the back. It was the hit. I got a call from uh, up north at, at the uh, Fillmore East, and they said, would you do a show? And I said, yeah, the next, about a, three days later, they said, would you do a show? I said, Sure. And they said, I just booked one. They said, that's sold out. I was like, what the fuck? The Bay, the Bay respected me first. That's crazy. You know, actually, I just realized uh, General Jeff was from San Jose, from, mm -hmm. from Ronnie on Joe Cooley. That's mm -hmm. crazy. So 1988, Bring the Noise Tour, Public Enemy, NWA. You guys are the three hardcore political acts, you know what I'm saying? Maybe in hip-hop history, because people don't talk about, like, they'll say fuck Donald Trump, and no disrespect, rip, rest in peace, nah. and nip, and, but you know what I'm saying? Like, this was some, what was that tour like, bro? I mean, Chuck D and them were actually hanging at Klansmen on stage. They had a gallows, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know what it's like to really, we were out there really breaking the law, fighting with the police, like, it was just on. Like, a guy talked to me the other day about how, you know, he used to come at us and say, if you say these words, we're going to arrest you. And we would do the show, and they would shut out the lights, and we would jump into the pit and run out the side doors. It was yeah. like we were outlaws. Like, we were just breaking the rules because you got a bunch of guys from L.A., and you telling us, we're going to put you in jail yeah. for saying words. To us, we were like, really? Yeah. Catch me, motherfucker. Like, that's yeah. not really breaking the law to us. But it was just fun to be out there with Easy man. Rest in peace. I was Cube, me and Ren. We all would bond. DOC was out there with us. Laylaw. Uh, you know, but, but see, what a lot of people don't know, chronologically, I had two albums out before N.W.A. dropped straight out of Compton. So N.W.A. kind of was like opening. Right. I, I was kind of like the bigger artist. Yeah. Till they dropped straight out of Compton and they turned into Godzilla and just walked yeah. over me and shit on me like blah. Yeah. But we was the friendship never changed. Even though they were a bigger band, right? They never they never treated me like that. Everybody was like, yo, Ice, come on, man. We already know. So the love has always been there between us and especially those of us that were out there, we all were yeah. bonded. You 100%. know, percent Yeah. You know, it's crazy because at my age, I was going out at a young age. Yes, you were. Yeah, I was hanging out. <laughs> uh, NWA was banned in all of Los Angeles. You was pretty much can't do, like, L.A. show, like, L.A. County for real. Like, you wasn't doing no shows of the sports. They didn't want to have none of that shit. I remember this time, late 80s, right? Do you remember, I went to this show, and I can't even tell, I'll never forget it in my life. Do you remember you performed at the Celebrity Theater in Anaheim with NWA? Yep. 
this was a time like you know again nw was banned from los angeles that's why we had to go to anaheim and i was like a fucking motherfucker you were on stage and from my memory to even think about this is crazy because it's 30 something years ago and you told the audience that evil e was a blood and it was damn near 90 percent crips in that fucking place no no that's not what happened what did you say I was what like, happened was this is what happened. Africa Islam was standing on the stage in a big red motherfucking coat. I remember. He had this big coat and he was doing a Zulu thing, which is a blood sign too. Yeah. But he don't know. Right. And, and as on the celebrity stage, it would turn. So, yeah, <laughs> oh my God, bro. So he was riding by Grape Street and right. he they thought he was banging yeah. on him. And I told Iz, I said, look, dude. Them, little, them purple niggas over there will snatch your ass off the stage. You might have overheard me say they might, they think you a blood, right? Yeah. And then he immediately jumped off the stage, went back and changed his clothes and put on some like pony hide looking right. shit. And that was the end of it. But no, nah, I didn't say evil was a blood. No. It was funny though, because I remember evil was like, what the fuck is going on? No, why would I say, I'm not trying to get nobody killed like that, Bro. even though he was from a blood neighborhood. But so he's I remember York. you performed. <laughs> yeah. NWA came on mm -hmm. and Easy's doing um he was just a thug from around the way and they couldn't even get to the end last song a whole full blown riot but yeah. I'm talking I seen a dude walk into the fucking show <laughs> and the dude had a hat he had a Boston Red Sox hat yeah. the B first of all the B was crossed out had a K on it right it was embroidered he had 60 crip I'm talking letters like Bro, yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah, big letters, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, the way they used to gang bang. And I remember, listen, I was with one of my homeboys. We was young. My boy Eric Holmes, he had family that was in the 30s. That was from Harlem. And people get that confused. He's not from Harlem, New York. He was from Harlem, 30 Harlem Crips. Crips. Yeah. So we're in there. And I remember the first thing he said, he said, Dan, you got to be a down ass. Wearing that hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you walked in there, boom. Full blown riot. I'm seeing motherfuckers getting beat up, this, that, and the whole third. I saw you in the melee of it, and I don't know what happened, but you just, you know, you were I good. I disappeared. Yeah, you disappeared. I mean. Look, look, Ben, I've been in L.A., right? If yeah. it ain't my fight, man, I'm not a spectator. <laughs> you know, bullets ain't got no name. They start shooting over there. The bullet can end up over here. All they had to tell me was they squabbing. Like, you know, like, basically, we, from being up earlier than N.W.A., I, yeah. think, I think that night, maybe they went after us. I don't know. But all I remember was that uh, when somebody told me, they said, they they getting it in out there. Now, I had already surveyed the crowd. I, I look over this way, I see the 60s. I look over this way, I see Bloodstone Villains. I look over this way, I see Grape Street, who always has yeah. the most. Yeah. Uh, is Grape Street connected to Ticketmaster or some shit? Because... <laughs> Every no. concert, they all... No, they was am, deep. Am I lying? Am no, I... they was deep, 100%. If Even you... Fresh Fest, 86, you know what I'm saying? Sports Arena. There was, they... was so many Grape Streets, I was like, God damn. They always have the front row, too. They, yeah. they, you know, they're known for that. So, you know, at the end of the day, once they said, hey, yo, they getting it in out there, I'm like, I'm well, you know, exit stage left, man. You out of iced tea, man. Yeah. I'm gone, man. I got to live to do another show, man. Because, you know, I'm not banging with them cats. Nah, they out there sure. trying to kill each other, man. I'm, I'm out. I'm you know, a player. At that point, I put on my player hat and I yeah. dip. This wasn't even on my <laughs> wasn't even on my list, but I was just thinking, like, did you ever have any experience with Tuki? Yeah, yeah. I had a, uh, well, well. See, when I was growing up, when I was in high school, Tuki with them was already out of high school. So you know, you got Tuki Jamel. I was in school with with you know back in the days, Cutes, uh, Rusty, uh, the big bad Crips. You know what I'm saying? Right. Batman. 
uh, they they uh, were out there. You would see them at the parties, yeah, and stuff. No, my I, I, I on Gangland. I told my my Tookie story. You didn't hear my Tookie story. Nah, man, it's crazy. So so you know you would see Tookie and them. They'd be out. They look. They were bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they would come to the uh, parties and stuff, and they would just put low, you know, have somebody put oil on them, and motherfuckers start posing, just flexing, like right near the DJ booth. Nobody was saying shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so one time I had an apartment. I lived on like 21st Street off of uh, like Normandy and Adams over in that area. So Oh, you was in the uh, 120 Bloods, man. Yeah, but I was, you know, I was living over there. This one after I'd been out of my own my girlfriend was outside so i'm in the house lifting weights so i think i'm all swole yeah. so she comes in the house there's some niggas just yeah they're disrespectful i'm like yeah wait what 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 so i go outside out of my front and who's sitting in the low rider but tookie and some crazy looking niggas and took had the motherfucking hair the hat that the scarf tied up with the pompanot jump yeah. his hair i was like ah I'm like, bitch, why was you out here? I told you not to wear that shit. What are you trying to get me killed? That's Tucky. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, you didn't really want to make eye contact. Then another time I was at um, Sentinella Park at a big crip meeting, and uh, I knew this chick who was a cripplette. So I ended up at the crip meeting and stuff, and it was Tucky and them out there, you know, in rare form, swole like a motherfucker, you know, holding court. So, you know, I mean... That was back in the days when the gangbangers were ominous figures, you know, like when, you, when they would come out, you'd see them and it'd be like, yo. And then also it was a lot less shooting. Yeah. Like you had to get your squab on, you know, at any 100%. point. 100%. They, they was, say, you, know, yo. you had a squab. You could be right there and the, and the big homie be, y'all two squab right quick. I want to see y'all niggas squab. You'd be like, hold up, man, that's my man. No, y'all squab. I want to see y'all fight, right? Like you had to get it in right then. So, you know. I mean, back then, <laughs> did you ever have an incident where someone tried to set you up? At the crib or your studio or something like any I've kind of... I've been through it all. I've been through it all. Yeah, I've been through some fucked up situations and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't you know. No, I mean, you've always been cool. Eh? We ain't got it. Yeah, yeah, talking about that stuff. But no, I've, I've actually been double-crossed by close friends and people like that. And I, I learned, you know, one time I had a situation and after it happened, I called my friend. He said, it's somebody that you fed, Ice. It's oh, somebody man. who actually sat down and from that point on i learned that very rarely do bad things happen from strangers it's usually somebody close to you that leads them to you yeah. opens that door to you talks a little bit too much and and puts you in that crosshair of them cats so it's a very unfortunate but you know it changes the way you move it yeah. changes your whole dynamics once you've gone through that kind of shit so what was your most memorable show in los angeles mm -hmm. Most memorable L.A. show. I think really my most memorable show was back before I even was Ice-T, back when Uncle Jam's Army used to do the L.A. sports arena. And I was the only rapper that they would let rap. And uh, Damn. we uh, were at the L.A. sports arena, and that's when they used to put like 7,000 kids in there to a dance, like before yeah. the word rave came out. Yeah. And they would be getting off. And then it's a crazy part where Uncle Jam, I mean, uh, Egyptian lover, and they'd be like, Uncle Jam's is about to go live. And they would turn on a drum machine, and they would hold the two records in the air, and the whole crowd, because they had never seen a drum machine. Yeah. And they were like, they were showing off like we don't have the records playing right now and motherfuckers would go crazy and they were still dancing and then uh then they would let me rap 
and I would get up in, on the stage and I would rap and to rap in front of like 7,000 LA, you know, kids, it, it was just wild for me. And I'll never forget those moments stepping on stage, you know, in a feeler sweatsuit, just. Did you ever perform, ever perform at uh, World on Wheels or Skateland? Man, I performed at World on, dude. <laughs> I performed at Dudos. I performed at Skateland. I performed at World on Wheels. I performed in the workshop. I per what do you know about? Remember the workshop? I don't remember the workshop. <sighs> okay, I performed in every like underground dungeon LA had and stuff. And you know, my thing was always like, you know, I ain't from your hood, but I ain't got no beef with your hood. Right. You dig know what I'm saying? And I'm not really here trying to do nothing but just get it in. So I've always had that gift of gab that allowed me to move around L.A. seamlessly. Any stories of Sloss and Swap Meet? Well, Sloss and Swap Meet was a definite situation. <laughs> That's where you were. That's where, you know, Sloss and for people that don't know, Sloss and Swap Meet is on Slauson and Crenshaw, and it's like the dead center of L.A. Like, I tell people, when you say East Co east Side, West Side, like, yeah. if you took a, a pen and stuck it down through a map of South Central Los Angeles, you'd probably come in through the roof of the Slauson Swap Meet. Because yeah. it, it broke. It was it did. dead to everything. Yeah. So cats from the West Side, I was a West Side cat. I so. was a West Side cat, too, yeah. So West Side, different. West Side cats, we were a little... We we like to keep our sneakers clean, you know what I'm saying? We 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 had nicer looking bitches. They you know, cause the West Side had a little bit more money, a little bit more flavor. East side motherfuckers was Oh man, it's different. East side niggas be wearing like yeah. sweatsuits and hard shoes and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> no I mean, real shit. Them niggas be like No disrespect uh, from all them broadcasts on Broadway and uh, Main Street and all that. But, but I, I but get the, it. But they already and they and they were more dangerous to us. We were like we were more like trying to be fly, but they would just Put you in the motherfucking trunk. Now Compton is thirty miles out of L.A. Like yeah. people go, oh, you're from Compton. I'm like, Compton is far from yeah, South. Yeah, people don't realize how fucking far Compton is. You know, no disrespect, but you could own a pig in Compton. You can walk a horse down the street in yeah. Compton. You know, but that, but the Compton cats would come over and they would prey on South Central motherfuckers, do dirt, and then go back to Compton, and you never see them again. Yeah, in your life. So. L.A. is big, sprawled out. It's a, it's a weird place, you know. But uh, Sauce and Swap Meet, you know, you would come in there and, you know, they had different aisles. You, all the sneakers would be wrapped in plastic and all that, and you yeah. could get your khakis. You could get your all the stuff you see, you know, the L.A. style was really, you didn't have to go to the mall. You just go to the Swap Meet. Oh, yeah. You could get your shoes, you get your get khakis, your get your chucks, and all that shit. everything, pick up a chain. Pick up whatever you needed. Your whole wardrobe would be done at the swap meet. And that's where a lot of people only shopped. Yeah. The difference now is pretty much if like someone from the 60s just got processed, just fresh out, they go to get their wife beaters, get their drawers, get mm -hmm. their socks. No one really buying the Jordans and all stuff over there. It was amazing what we did in there. But you know what was crazy was before we went into Beverly Hills, they did this uh, $200 million renovation on the Fox Hills Mall. Mm. Tell the people what Fox Hills Mall was like during the That's where you go to that's where you first place you take your girls to learn how to boost. That's like gladiator school for shoplifting. <laughs> I never heard it that way. That's crazy. It's true. It's just far enough out of LA, but it's it's the closest mall to the hood. Yeah. And uh, you know, ship got popped off over there, man. I got caught out of there. I mean, we tried to I was trying to steal up in that motherfucker and I ended up uh so 
well, one of the games we used to do is go in the back room. So now, now if you go into a store, every store has the front room and the back room. The back room is where the safe is, right? right? So if you can diverge, confuse people not to watch, one person in your crew can slip into the back room. The safe might be open. So that's what we were doing. So we would go from store to store. So I try to get in the back room. I had this dude with me. He's supposed to be uh, distracting the bitch, like not, you know, do something. So I'm in the back room. I'm trying to figure out what's going on back there. I'm looking for the safe, what's going on. And then here come this bitch, just walks in on me. So now rule one, if, if someone's coming in the back room, you're supposed to knock over a glass. You're supposed to knock over some. You're not supposed, your job is not to let nobody come back in there on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm caught there red-handed. So now I come up out the place and she's screaming and shit like that. And uh, I ended up having to take off running in uh I ran all the way out the mall. I got out in the parking lot and I gapped the security guard and they pulled another car up next to me with a fresh, a fresh runner. Oh, now, by man. the time he jumped out on me, I was running in slow motion. <laughs> this nigga just ran up and just gaffled me. Bam. And there's pictures of me someplace. That's what I went to. I actually had rollers in my hair. I got a mug shot with rollers. <laughs> this is how ghetto we were. Man. Why do I think I could steal with rollers in my hair from the, in the first place? You dig? Crazy that was some fuck. West Coast shit. Yeah. Speaking of the rollers now, it made me think of, I'm going back to questions, man. That slant nose drop top Porsche, bro. I have dreams about that motherfucker. I mean, that was different. You know, the you know who cars. I am with cars now. You know what I'm saying? I got eight cars, right? Like, right. tell me about that car in that era. Like, what was it like pushing that car down La Cienega, bro? Like, P cars, you know, early early in the game, you know, as cats started to hustle in L.A., people started to get foreign cars. Yeah. You know, because L.A. is the home of the Chevy, the 6 fold, the Trey, the, you know, the, right. the, the 5. All Nissan the, trucks, too, yeah. Nissan trucks with the beds that hopped and did all kinds of crazy shit. So... The players started getting Mercedes. That was the first player car. So a lot of hustlers started getting the big Benzes and stuff like that. Then the extra players wanted to get P cars. They wanted to get Porsches. That was the first car. It wasn't the Vet. It was the Porsche. There, no one had gotten Ferrari level at that point yet. I was one of the first early Ferrari cats because I bought the Medina back in the day. But yeah. I, I had that in the New Jack Hustler video with my. You cousin. still you had the NSX before anybody, and that's when it was like that was a Ferrari. Yeah, but it was, we were working our way there. Right, right. Okay. So we got the P car. So uh, I bought a Porsche. I bought a Porsche Turbo. Yeah. And um, I just started working on it and customizing it. And then when they slant nose came out, we put a slant nose kit on it. And, uh, you know, I, I was just rolling. It was it was a 3.3 Turbo. It, it could get up for that day and time. I ended up with a shop. Me and my man Urban had a shop called Unique Porsche off of Venice and uh, La Cienega. And you know, I remember. The, I mean, that area was was popping right um, across from Globe. Globe. Mm -hmm. I, I got to correct you because I love you. Uh -huh. It was a nine thirty turbo, but that now, if you look at the nine thirties, they're they're out they're out of range. The, the price is out of control now. Right, the nine thirty, but it, but the engine is just three 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 point three. Yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. Yeah, but you know, it's you know, it's back in the day, man. I mean, I had that car. You know, what I'm saying, and everybody was like, "Damn, I just got a Porsche." You know, it was. It was that was right. just a it was a level up thing, you know, and a lot of players had it. I mean, when we had the shop, that's how I met Waterhead Bo. That's how I met all the different real gangsters in L.A. because that was kind of a rite of passage to the drug boys to, to get a Porsche. They all wanted Porsches, and then they started to move on up. You know, 
I remember you inviting me to your wedding. I just realized this. It's not even on my notes either. You invited me to the wedding. It was at the W Hotel. I go over there, and it was the first time I get to meet. I mean, you were one of my idols, even though I knew right. you. But like, it didn't like we hung out. Right. But I got to meet Rick Ross. You're like, hold on, come here. Freeway Rick. The real Freeway Rick. I mean, and Berber. I, I remember, like, dog. I'm in the streets trying to sell a 20 sack, and I'm thinking about Freeway Ricky Ross. And you see him in the Benz, and this dude had like a dealership. This dude was. You got any, I mean, you you guys were friends back then too. Freeway Rick, Harry O. That's my generation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So those are the cats that, you know, was rolling with the cats I was rolling with. Yes. That era is my era, you know? And and what you came to wasn't, was the 10 year, what happened when me and Coco got married. Oh, that's right. It was the Renew of the Vows. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. We got married. We, we had lopes. And I told her, I said, look, we'll have a wedding reception in five years. Well, it took 10 years. But yeah. that night, that was a crazy night. That oh, was a was that, that was a a very broad stroke of L.A. was in that room, yeah. wasn't it? Snoop was there. Yeah. Bro, Tiny Lister, Debo. Put me in that fucking headlock in front of my fucking <laughs> wife, bro. I wanted to kill that motherfucker. Cat Williams like, showed up. Yeah. Uh, Flavor was there. Oh, speaking of cat, hold on. So what? when did you start pimping, bro? Well, pimping is something, you know, it's a matter of speech, you dig? I was in right. L.A., and when we started to hustle, you right. dig? we realized that girls were part of the game. Yeah. So our crew always rolled with a bunch of bitches that actually was basic, what we call thoroughbreds. <laughs> so they basically would steal. They'll set you up. And if they had to suck your dick, that would go down too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But right. I never was no stand-up pimp on the corner putting pictures on the track. Right. That, that, so I didn't mean speak. it like that, my bad. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I always had, you know, finesse with the females and stuff like that. And we had chicks on hand to send if that was what the job required. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? But, you know, the flavor of the pimps and the hustlers bled into us uh, because, like I said, my crew wanted to be more players versus the gangsters. So we were the guys with the perms, and we were the guys with our fingernails and our hair, man, you know, well manicured, and we was talking that shit, you know, kicking it, you know. But we always told them niggas, yo, we'll turn this P into a G real quick, nigga. <laughs> you know, I might have on this elite sweatsuit, and motherfucker, but I got a pistol too. You understand me? Don't get it fucked up. So that's why early when Ice T came out, as I came out kind of like as the L.A. player. If you look at my first album cover, I was in the Porsche. I had Darlene yeah. up there. Yeah. I wasn't Evil. really representing gangbanging. Nah, you was representing that lifestyle, man. Yeah. Now, when, when they named the genre gangster rap, yeah. right, well, they said, you know, because Cube said, I'm from a gang called Niggas with Attitudes. Right. And so instead of calling NWA a, a group, he called it a gang. So the press called it gangster rap. So I said, well, then. I guess I'm the original gangster. But even on that album cover, I showed myself in shackles as a gangster, but in a, in a tux as a player. Yeah, I remember. So I, I've always tried to keep, I try to let people know that being a gangster doesn't necessarily mean gang banger. For sure. Doesn't mean that. It just, to me, people say, well, what's a gangster? I say, it just means we don't back up. I don't really back up well. Yeah. You dig? I, I mean, I, I'm, players play you out of shit. Players convince you or finesse you out of shit gangsters usually say or else right they use force you're gonna do this or else yeah i've never been that much of a guy but i don't accept or else's like motherfucker tell me nigga or else then okay nigga then now we gonna play gangster shit you know okay. what i'm saying so I <laughs> <laughs> so what does the term og mean to you then to me honestly it really just 
I know what it means in L.A. terms. In L.A. terms, it just means first generation of a particular set. Right. So whoever was the Sloss and Crips, those the first cats were the G's. Right. Then you got the baby gangsters and it moves on up. But it also meant original, like the OG 501 the jeans, the OG Chuck Taylors, the OG Shell Toes, the, the original ones, the first ones, you dig? So to me, OG just means original. And, and that means before, it, like if I say I'm original, I say before me, there was none. Right. There was none. Now... And anything that copies can't be original. It's got it's counterfeit. So I, I, you're an OG to me. Thank you. Because you're one of a kind Korean motherfucker right out of the motherfucking hood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows you. You made it. Right. I mean, come on, Ben. Many, many nights motherfuckers might have said, man, we're going to take this guy's head off. We don't know. And somehow we're still sitting here. Yeah, real shit. You dig? So, you know, you got G status for that. There, who else is like you in L.A.? I can't think of one person. There it is. So that gives, you got G status from big, from <laughs> <laughs> for man. real, for real. This is crazy, man. <laughs> Where were you in L.A. during the Rodney King riots, man? I was in Hollywood at the time when Rodney King shit popped off. I was at that time. I had already got my crib. I was living uh, right up near Tower Records off of Sunset, and uh, right. they said, "Yo, it's popping off in the hood now." The thing of it is, is that if you move out, your boy's still there. Yeah. And you're like a like an outpost. Like they be like, okay, call ice, they you know, what's happening? So they came up and they told me, they said, uh, yo, shit's popping off down the hood. So now we look in and come to find out, uh, I knew the cats that set it off from A Trey, you know. Yeah. Football and Kiki, I, I, I know them guys. Right. So I'm like, oh, that's the homies. Right. I see them on TV. I'm like, what the fuck? So I call Shawnee Sean. I'm like, yo, that's, he said, yep, that, yep, that's them niggas right there. So they really set off. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's crazy to say, was, I know the motherfuckers who yeah. started the riots, right? Yeah. But they ate Trey Gangsters from right over there on Florence and Normandy. Right. So, and they've been documented, and they've talked about it since then. Ain't right. no, ain't no snitching going on in this motherfucker. No, I feel you. you I know, know, but I felt that right there. I feel yeah. Yeah, but I was, I didn't know what to say. But I'm like, wait a minute. They've been out here. They've talked about it and stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, I ended up going down there. So what happens is now, what when, the fuck? When, Why would you do that? Okay. Because I wanted to see it. Right. You know. So, uh, you know what we did. You know, I, of course, in my position. When you get in my position, you're like feeding a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah. now motherfuckers protect you. Yeah. They did that like, you know, I'm the I'm the goose. Ice right. is taking care of us. Ice is taking us on tour. So now niggas got all the hammers. We get into the uh into uh the Range Rover. Right. And we're well heated. So we like, let's go. So we roll in. We coming down. Hit Wilshire. Hit Crenshaw. Now we're rolling in. We hit come over to uh uh Santa Monica Freeway. I mean, uh what what's the freeway right there? The ten. Ten. Then you go to Overhill. Over to oh. Adams. No, we're coming down. Okay, going to Adams, okay. And then it starts to get real. Like you see, yeah, it's starting you to start get to feel it. Fires. Man, man. We passed KJLH. I'm like, yo, this shit is getting heat. We fight yeah. Forest Lawn Mortuary. We like, yo, this shit is crazy. We get in, we go way, way down. We go to our neighborhood, like in the 40s. We go over there by Mustang Motel. It's like celebration. It's like people are in there like. They took the city, like you know, no yeah. police. Yeah. 
So people are like, yo, what up, Ice? What nigga, you you out here with us? What's that? What's that? <laughs> now, in the meantime, these niggas is robbing the fucking all the the pawn shops was was really getting hit hard. Damn. Western surplus got hit hard. Damn. Uh, all the pawn shops, motherfuckers was uh was was hooking up trucks to ATMs and pulling this. I mean, it was wild. Yeah. It was it was it was anarchy ice, down there. Ice. I was on the corner of motherfucking San Vicente and Pico, where World on Wheels is. Right. I was going through Midtown, trying to get to the West Side. Playboy, to to like, Playboy gangsterhood. Yeah, and schoolyard crips and all of them right, was over right. there. I'm going over there, and I see a fire truck pass by. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, hold on, that, we good. Fire truck pass by, and I see five motherfuckers in the, driving the fire truck, bro. <laughs> it was wild. You know how insane that shit is? And you know, I got my relatives on the roofs in Koreatown shooting that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, hey, Koreans was hold, wasn't having it. They wasn't having it. Yeah. Respected the Koreans out yeah. there for holding it down. They were holding Koreatown. They were holding my hood down, you know? They had to because shit got out of hand. Yeah. You know, shit got out of hand. Motherfuckers was taking what could be took. But, you know, if you was black and, you know, you was down there. So I went down there. I saw the situation. I, I, I came back. I wrote a check out. I took it to KGLH, you know, donated money to the Red Cross and all that. Boo -boo blam. You know, I didn't do the photo op. I just did, <laughs> did the check. You know, they had a big ass check there. They had a big check. Like for people that were signing, you want to take a picture with the big check? I'm like, let's take the pet paper. You know what I'm saying? Because it was from the heart. Because I knew there was going to be some rebuilding to do. The crazy part was, do you know that night? You might be able to find it. But like, I think it was one of the news channels brought me in. Right, so I get a call and they go, yo, get iced tea, get iced tea. So they they come and they get me and they say, we want you to talk on the news. So they bring me down there and they put me on and they got me in front of the camera and they go, tell them to stop in five, three, two. I'm like, uh -huh. what? So now <laughs> I'm sitting there and I said, uh, as well as I could think, I said, yo, uh, I hate to see my neighborhood destroyed. I know that we're hurting ourselves down here. And it's very unfortunate that we have come to this point. But I cannot honestly say that if I wasn't in the position I am, that I wouldn't be out there with y'all. They was like, cut him, cut him, cut him, cut him off, cut him off, like that. And they got me off the air because I was in a position where I said, I got to speak from the heart. 100%. You know, and... um that's somewhere. That's in somebody's archives. I feel like I, I vaguely remember seeing it somewhere. They didn't want, they didn't know what I was going to say, but what the fuck was I going to say? No, I hear you. What can I say? Stop. Like, can, why can't we all get along? Shit. I was like, yeah. yo, I mean, see, the thing with Rodney King is when we saw the cops beat his ass, yeah. we did not riot. No one rioted. We waited on justice. Everybody saw yeah. it. But when those motherfuckers was found innocent. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Like, the innocent means there was no crime. Yeah. That triggered everybody that got somebody sitting in jail for traffic warrants. They yeah. were like, hold up. My cousin is stuck. Yeah. And you telling me they didn't do shit? Oh, uh, we got to tear some shit up. And, you know, the thing about a riot is what people don't understand. A riot is a, is a tantrum. It's not focused. Nobody went and said, let's go to Beverly Hills or yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a tantrum. Like, it's like a, what, a, what an inmate does, he burns up his own mattress. Yeah. It's a tantrum. So thank God it's a tantrum and not a focused attack. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That was 92. So, like, hold on. We will go back a little bit now, right? Like, man, tell me about New Jack City, dog. Oh, you're a funny dude. New, New Jack City, New Jack City was right during... Uh, well, right before I did the OG album. So, 
you know, I'm kind of like peaking. Power was out. I think the Iceberg. I spent three albums in, and uh, I, I was mean, in. That, huh? Did that cat? Don't you think that, that kind of catapulted you into the Next Hollywood level. scene? Yeah. There's levels. I, I was. I had never acted like in Breaking. I was called featured rap talker. That didn't do nothing for me <laughs> in Hollywood. So um, I'm at the club, and um, I was in the bathroom. And some niggas was talking shit to me while I was, like, taking a shit or something. I was in there. I was talking my shit. I was like, yo, motherfucker, they could just put me under a microscope and find one molecule of me that gives a fuck. Then they could angle me. But they can't angle a nigga, right? So Mario Van Peebles overheard me say this. And he was like, yo, whoever said that's going to be my movie. So I went out into the thing. He followed me. Blah. Now I'm talking to some females. So he walks over. Yo, Ice wants you to be in a movie. I think that's that Hollywood bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, you know, in Hollywood, people will bump into you and say shit like, we need to work. But, yeah, motherfucker, man, you can find me. Yeah. I'm on the, like, you could call me in my, now yeah. because you see me, you want to say some old Hollywood shit. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, Mar Mario, you want me to be in a movie. I thought he was trying to hit on the girls and let them know that he was a movie producer. Right. So I was like, yeah, whatever. He says, no, call me. So I called him the next day. The number was Warner Brothers Pictures. I'm like, what? So I met the producers of the movie, and uh, they gave me the script. So I looked at the script, and I, I'm like, what part? I thought it was one line, Ben. I'm like, oh, this is the whole motherfucking movie, Scotty. I'm like, wait a minute. He's a police. They're like, yeah. I'm like, do you know I got an album coming out called Original Gangster? So it was like, I was like shitting bricks. I didn't like, how could I do it? Then also it said the dude had dreads. Look yeah, at, I got a perm. Like, yeah, yeah, are you talking yeah, about yeah. my my hair is more wavy than the ships in the navy? You dig what I'm yeah. saying? So <laughs> I, I I was like, okay. So I, I had to talk to different people, and different people were just like, "Yo, man, this is an opportunity. You come from a background with no opportunity. You niggas is out here wilding and shit, and now you've got a chance to be in a movie, and you're gonna turn it down, nigga." So I, I ended up doing the role. I was nervous as hell, Ben. I, I would I never acted before. And the movie was a big success. I remember when the movie came out, I went to the theater and I I sat in the back behind some dudes. Low key. Here I come on the screen. I hear a nigga like this. Look at Ice T with that big ass hat on. What the fuck? Is that nigga Jamaican? <laughs> so then about 20 minutes into the movie, they like, Scotty. They start calling me Scotty. I'm like, word, I'm doing this shit. No longer was I iced tea. Right. And that's one of the reasons they wanted to put the dreads in. They wanted to break that plane of what people were familiar right, with. Right, right. That movie was was it. I I, I made $28,000 for that movie. The movie made $80 million. You made $28,000? That's it? I made scale. I, that was scale for SAG then? Damn. I had no leverage. And the funny thing here, my next movie was Ricochet with Denzel Washington. Yeah, I remember that. Joel Silver, direct the producer of the of Matrix. Legend. I walk into his office. Now I got my swag on, Ben. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to get paid now. They got me okay. New Jack City got me. It's time to get paid, motherfucker. Denzel Washington, what's happening? I walked in there. I said, so what's happening? I know I'm about to make some money on this movie. He said, Ice T, you've made one film. Oh, man. So down, I just bent over again, took it. That yeah. time, I think I made like twice the money. I didn't wasn't in the movie as much, and I I really didn't get paid till I did Tank Girl with Lori Petty. <laughs> of all fucking movies, 
Yeah, but but I I was doing a movie called Johnny Mnemonic, and they, I remember that shit. Yeah, yeah, they call me. They say, "Yo, we want you to play a stripper in Arizona." I'm like a stripper in Arizona. Hell yeah, fuck that. Yeah, so I did about a thousand sit ups that night. I'm like about to get my shit. Uh, you used to have a six pack. I remember that shit. I'm like, yeah, yo, cuz I, mean, I, so I was, I get it together. Next morning, they send me a picture of a kangaroo. Like, what am I, a stripper in it with a pouch? What the fuck? Then they go to movies called Tank Girl. Tank Girl. Wait a minute. Am I I've not? I've never seen it. It's crazy. But I don't know. I know the movie. Yeah. Am I not doing a movie with Keanu Reeves right now? They told me how much I was going to pay. I got a million dollars. Oh, nice. I was hopping around the hotel like a motherfucking rabbit. <laughs> I was like, yo, fuck this kangaroo shit. I say, you know, and people's like, well, you selling out? I'm like, look, it, I have nothing against kangaroos. Selling right. out is if you make me go against my agenda or against my beliefs. I have nothing against motherfucking kangaroos. I was in it to win it. And with that movie, I was able to build the Crack House studio. By the way, that's that, what funded that studio. That was my favorite shit, seeing the shark in there. And just, it was funny because the dude above me, when I got started at Priority, Ern Lamato, I took his job. And I don't know where Ern is now, man. Ern is, is, is cool and everything. But I think after, like, after some time had passed, mm -hmm. he was like, man, you was a young gun in there trying to, you was hungry. I seen it. I was scared. You was hungry. You was, I mean, bro, in two years, I became vice president of the fucking record label. You know, that you was were cool. Was, you got, Ben, you always had a good personality. You, you know, PR is very important. You know, I don't care how much money you can make me or if I don't like your energy, I don't want you around me. Real talk. That's it. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you blended right in. Um, the Crack House studio was a studio in my house in Hollywood Hills, the bottom mm -hmm. half of my house. And Ben would come up in there and sit and just chill. Yeah. With with a bunch of wild motherfuckers, <laughs> Ace and all my crew and watch King T. He's seen a lot of stuff go yeah. down up in there, but never. I mean, Shawnee Sean, I remember hanging out with him here, hanging out with him in New York City. When you took me to Expo, the first time I went to Sound Factory, you took me there. That was 97. I was yeah. there for, for a soundtrack. Uh, so let's go to better time. Let's go to like where you start getting paid, right? Yeah. Law and Order SVU is a smash hit. Yeah. 21st season now. Yes. You've been on the motherfucker since season one. Yeah. Right? I came on the last episode of the first season. Yes, sir. You're the longest running black actor in television history. Longest running male actor in television history. The only person that has beat me is Mariska. Uh, so what is it about SVU? that you think connects you with people? It's not me. I, I don't know. It's just I got put into a good show. Uh, the show is special. Right. It's not so much me, but the show is special. It's my fifth show with Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf likes me. Right. Uh, I learned that you don't need a lot of people in Hollywood like you. Just one. Right. If, if Spielberg likes you, you're good. I didn't even know who he was. Yeah. Your son had to tell me. It goes, hang out this guy in Dick Wolf. I was like, okay, who cares? And I remember seeing his at the end, but I never paid attention mm -hmm. until my agent said, Ben, do you have an idea how fucking rich this guy is? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Okay, cool. He ain't like fucking, he ain't got no money like fucking, uh, I forgot who I said. It might have been Joel Silver, one of those guys. He's like, no, Ben, he is papered up. Uh, yeah, now he has seven shows on television simultaneously. Right, but he likes you, right? He let me in. Yeah, he started out uh, writing for, for uh, Miami Vice back in the day. Oh, shit. But for some reason, yeah, dude likes me. Like, I met him. I was with my at my house with Fab Five Freddy. There's just some weird chains of events. And podcasts love stories, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm with Fab Five Freddy. So Fab Five sitting in my living room looking at the ceiling, 
talking like the Mac. Like he's talking about constellations and hoes and pimps. And so he's saying, so out of nowhere, uh, Andre Harrell calls Fat Freddy. He goes, yo, I'm over here at Ice-T's crib like that. He says, let me talk to Ice-T. Tell Ice-T he needs to come on my show, New York Undercover. So I was like, because Andre was kind of producing, associate producer. I didn't even know he had anything involved. He was involved. I didn't know. Yeah. So Andre Rebel. So I'm like, fuck New York Undercover. That's a New Jack City ripoff, man. Yeah. You know, and at this point, I'm doing movies. I'm getting million dollars for playing kangaroos. I'm on my mind. You know, it's cracking for me right at this point. So he's like, oh, you too big to do TV? I'm like, all right, Drake, give me a bad guy role and I'll do it because I've been playing cops and all that bullshit. So I was like, so he gave me this guy named Danny Up who was selling methacatherine, uh, basically meth, way before anybody knew. So I go on the show, I do the first episode, and they get say, we don't want to kill you. I'm like, what does that mean? They say, they want you to stay on. We're going to change the end of the episode so you stay on. Anyway, I ended up staying on. I did three more episodes. I killed Malik Yoba's girl with the baby in it. I was wilding, cutting fingers off. They just let me go crazy. And that show was over. Next, I get a call from Dick Wolf to be in a show called Swift Justice. I played a gangster. I popped out of a trunk and killed some motherfuckers. Then he called me back to play in Exile, a uh, Law & Order movie uh, with Chris Noth. I played a pimp. They killed me with a bowling pin. Then I, listen, this is how I go. Then, they, then I did a show called Players on, I pitched to him. And that was on with Costas Manlar and Frank Hughes. Now, that's all over. I'm in L.A. trying to invent iTunes. You know about this, right? Yeah. Uh, to, for those of your listeners, Google Ice-T invents iTunes, and you'll see some shit that'll blow your fucking mind. Real shit. And uh, from the crack house. But I, I was on that MP3 shit yeah. early. So anyway, he calls me and says, I want you to do Law & Order SVU. I said, fuck, I'm not. I'm in L.A. I'm try I, got a, I got an office. I got coroner records. I'm trying to do something here. Yeah. Uh, he said, give me four shows. And so Johnnell, the homie from 60s, the, uh, he was like, yo, go on, Ice, because, you know, fuck it. You know, like we wasn't really making big bread at that time. He's like, go on, shake at New York. You love New York. You know, it's a vacation. Yeah. I came out here for four episodes. I've been here 21 years. Pow. God damn. Did you have to audition for the role? Just Dick Wolf just said, fuck it. Well, I've been on four shows already, so we already knew my get down. Right. And uh, what makes this show so good, Ben, is that it's about survivors. Like, it's not just about somebody that dies. People that have been through sexual abuse yeah. or, or rape, they're still alive. And so a lot of people watch our show and they see the justice that they didn't get. And in a way, it's therapy, you know. And there's people, oh, why are you playing the police? I'm like, look, I'm playing the police that chases rapists and pedophiles right they don't even like them in prison so if i have any moral dilemma about playing the cop at least i'm playing the cop that's doing something even the criminals don't like right you know but i don't really you know i don't really trip off that it's a job to me and it's acting and in my next movie i might be a serial killer or some other shit i don't but, know but i mean for svu right you play a cop you play a detective right in, in svu i mean did you ever like i just can't see you like what type of research did you do over the years to prepare yourself for that character for like that i like, did a lot of ride-alongs from the back seat of the police car oh for real okay, handcuffed yeah. I was always curious about that, man. Handcuffed. You, you were handcuffed? Oh, no. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> I, I was a little slow on that one. <laughs> I was a little slow on that I one. I mean, no, honestly, you know, it's in the script. And, and playing a cop is just like playing a gangster. 
Think about it. Both of y'all got guns. Yeah. Both of you have an attitude. Right. Both of you want answers or there'll be a consequence. And anybody who's ever really been involved in the life knows the higher you move up in the game, the more street the cops become. They become more like the criminal. Yeah. So they really got me in there for that voice, you know. And I think the the women that have been through it, they want that detective that looks like he's going to reach over and smack the shit out of that perp. Right. So a lot of times when I'm interviewing somebody, I don't think of it like a cop. I'm just like, motherfucker, you about to tell me the truth, man. Right. Are we finna handle this? So even though I got a, I got a badge, though, it's yeah. the same exact attitude. Right. And you see it. But like, like, hey, so you see me and you, mm -hmm. you know who I got running with me, and mm -hmm. they, they some street cats. You got your street people with you. Like, are you friends with Mariska? Are you guys cool? Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Is is it, does she ever trip on the fact like your backgrounds is totally? Yes, she does. <laughs> Yes, she does. She knows, like, you know, but but she meets my friend. Mariska is a sweetheart. I'm very, very fortunate to be able to work with her. Jean, Mariska is Jane Mansfield's daughter. I didn't even know that. I yeah. never knew that. Yeah, Jane Mansfield. I had a low-key crush on Mariska just, like, like early on in the years. Mariska is um, dope. Yeah. And, you know, when I first got to the show with Chris and everybody, I wasn't bonding with them the way they're used to actors bonding. Actors walk in and go, hey, Ben, we're friends. Like I'm like, nah, I'm like, we're going to become friends. I was cool with Belzer real quick because we realized we were both nightclub entertainers. Right. But they asked me one day, they was like, well, you ain't bonding. I said, listen, 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 check this out. I used to rob shit in real life. So in order for us to work, we don't have to be friends. I just need to know, you know how to go in the safe, you know how to control the room, you know how to listen to the radio, you know how to drive, and I'll oversee the whole motherfucking situation. But guess what? Once we rob a few banks, we'll become the best friends in the world because we'll all understand our value. And me and Mariska have been robbing the bank for 21 years. So technically right now, as we speak, that show is on. It's on somewhere. No, it, for real, it is. And she is on the edge. Maybe it's her face. So she's basically helping me. She's feeding me. Yeah. And when I'm on, I'm feeding her. So you begin to, it's like a team. No, for sure. We, we, I understand. Yo, you ain't, you ain't on this show because you're not pulling your weight. So, but I'll tell you a funny story. So I, I, when I got on the show, I still had my bullshit attitude. Like, ah, TV, I make movies. I can make a million dollars playing a kangaroo. I'm yeah. like, I ain't fucking what, what's up with this shit. <laughs> so uh, two years in, I was looking at my numbers, you know. My, right. my, my, she, my accountant sent me, I'm like, what's this number right here? Right. She said, that, that's residuals. Now, oh, now shit. with residuals, in movies, you don't make residuals. Yeah. You get, for New Jack City TV show on BET, you get 40 bucks. Right. With TV, it's pretty lucrative. So I saw that number, and they, she says, every time it syndicates, it's doubling. So I went, I went from, I don't know how long I'll be on this show, till I will be here till they throw my black ass <laughs> off kicking and screaming. And, and for me, it's easy because, like, I got my little humble crib. I go to the show. I do my show. I play Xbox. That's all I do. Yeah. I'm not around all the hip-hop bullshit. I'm so happy. check it out. Sometimes you get on Twitter and you get loose, right? You tell <laughs> motherfucking bitch to eat a dick, this and that. Do the producers of Law and Order, they trip on you talking that shit? Or they just like, that's ice, too bad? Well, there's a line I can't cross. I know, but I'm saying like, you know, just to, I mean, these people deserve it. They act, they coming at you exactly. and you tell them to go fuck themselves and they don't trip, right? You know what it is, man? Uh, ben, I've been able 
to put out that, you know, yo, I'll say any motherfucking thing. I don't give a fuck, but I know what the fuck not to say. For sure. You understand what I'm saying? I'm exactly the same So, way. So motherfuckers got me, yo, I's crazy, but I mean, I know what where not to cross and why, when you're going too far and all that extra shit. But usually I, I, I never... I don't attack people on Twitter. People, because they like to throw rocks at the lion in the lion cage. They want to see me roar. They want to, they, some people really want me to, they, no, like, they do. They, they do. So, you know, but my, my, I've, I've never, since I've been in Hollywood, had anybody, and this, this is big misconception. Well, well, people say, well, they're going to ask you to do this, they're going to ask you to do that. Since I've been there, I've never had anybody tell me what not to do, how to act. They ain't came to me, try to put me in a dress yet. I know that's one of those big ones. Oh, that's man. another one. But yeah. I, they haven't got at me. I think they scared. They like, well, yeah. Ice, you know what you? No, this nigga might kill us all. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> but but I I have never had that happen. You know, like I think people that fuck with me fuck with me for this. It's like kind of like when Snoop kind of went off left. I was like, but that's on brand. Yeah, that's Snoop. It's not like somebody you're not used to doing it when ice t says eat a dick bitch ass motherfucker that's on brand yeah that's ice t 100 but if mariska said it it would make oh yeah that, you see what i'm saying yeah so certain people you know we got a little bit more leeway you know i mean the way they try to diss me is say i'm a square which i'm proud to be at this point you know all gangsters want picket fences and kids at the end of the day man we don't want to be out there wilding forever man so you know that's the real answer bruh I get it. Now, <laughs> back to some gangster shit or some some hip hop shit. That's, I love it. That that relates. Ben Ball to us. is in my motherfucking house, just chilling. <laughs> you know how we do, but we we go way way back. You know what I'm saying? When you've known somebody thirty years, that's a lifetime yeah. for real. For real. What's crazy is I just remembered right now that you fucking produced the goddamn pilot TV show we just did for CNBC. I totally forgot about that. Tried that. Tried that. Yeah. We 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 shot. You know, in Hollywood, you got to make take your shot. You was there. We we produced a show called you know American hustler and you know but they said it wasn't my fault they didn't fuck with the other dude they, they fuck with me they do we yeah hey you know we did, we did. they uh me and cj mack got together they said they need a hustler i said ben baller we shot the show you know what i'm saying you did a great job i did what i could bro. but you can't that's the thing see you got you got to have a lot of things going in hollywood because shit ain't gonna stick we got a t-shirt i'm on power by hate shirt it says Welcome to Hollywood. And on the back, it says, by the way, the deal fell through. I mean, if you can't deal with disappointment. No, straight up. This game is based on disappointment. So you got to have a lot of ducks out there. You can't bet on one. That's the problem. A lot of people that say, I got one thing happening. This is some game. Right. They, it's going to happen in six months. They bet and they leverage against that shit so hard that when it doesn't happen, they're suicidal. Right. You can't do that. You got to just say, yo, this 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 might happen, but I got to have some other things in case it doesn't. You just got to keep hustling. Can't yeah, stop. For sure. So, man, there's been a lot of untimely deaths in hip-hop lately. Uh, my man Pop Smoke got murdered. You, you know, know what? And let me tell you about Pop Smoke. I was fucking with Pop Smoke. Yeah. People were like, yo, Ice, you don't like new school cats. I'm like, I like original. And, you know, everybody, Drake got his style, yeah. right? So everybody's got the, the high pitched voice. Pop Smoke was like, "Yeah, I like the way I dance. You like the way I, I was like, I like the fact. I like dude, man. Yeah, and the music. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. It was just different, and I was fucking with it. I, I actually was at a, a 
uh, nightclub with Daytona was and then was in there. And I, I requested them to play Pop Smoke records because they ice teas in the house. What you want to hear? I said Pop Smoke. Bam. And you know what? It was crazy. Like it's almost like I be jinxing people because like I I like Bobby Smurda. Yeah. I, I was like, because I felt when I heard GS9, I'm like, these kids are authentic. Yeah. I knew they were authentic. And I'm like, Pop Smoke, this shit sounds so real. It's almost like it's dangerous, you know? And it ended up, I, I don't know all the stuff that ended up happening, but for a 20-year-old kid to die, it's crazy. It's I mean, you called me. You called me right after. It. We, we talk about it. But like, after he gets murdered, right? Blueface, you know, schoolyard crib. Blueface comes out and says... Hey man, these out of town rappers, That's they need stupid. to check in with the natives before they come into town. That's stupid. You can't, I mean, checking in, how do you check in in LA? Let me ask you a question. LA's 40 square miles of wild motherfuckers. How the fuck do you check in when every block is fighting every block? You know, yeah. if you're going to check in, you're going to have to stay on that block because that's, yeah. that, that's their jurisdiction. Because yeah. as soon as you move in 10 miles or five miles in another direction, them niggas don't have no motherfucking respect for nobody. Listen, oh, I don't even think, I don't know the details to Pop Smoke shit, but right. I doubt if it had to do with checking in, you know. And I, I don't think so either. And I, I doubt if, you know, Blueface should say some crazy shit like that. See, we just came from an East Coast, West Coast situation. Everybody should be able to travel. I check in where I go because I know people. If yeah. I go to Houston, I know people in Houston. Yeah. If I go to Detroit, I, I got cats. But how do you check in when you don't know nobody? Yeah. If you ain't from LA, how do you check? Do you what? Do you go to gangbanger.com and say <laughs> like I'm gonna be in this area? Okay, let me let me, let me say this <laughs> honestly, for, for, because I don't want to speak about it because I yeah. talk about it a lot. I want your opinion. What do you suggest to these young cats that got some paper? They come to LA. They don't know how the streets move out here. They don't know like how do you suggest that these cats should move when they come out here? First off, don't gangbang if you are not gangbanging, don't just get a record deal and start gangbanging. Gangbanging, kids start at 12 years old and they're deep in. And, and L.A. gangs don't really respect gangs from out of town. I'm just letting you know. You yeah. could be a crip from Idaho. You, L.A. niggas is like, talk. we didn't, you know. Yeah. But they will pull you in, rock you to sleep, and extort you. So don't get it fucked up. Yeah. But um, first, stay out of the gang shit. If you, yeah. you know, like Ice-T, original gangster, I always, I never claimed a set. It's, it's, if, I, if I came out in L.A. and I said, okay, well, you from, I went to Crenshaw, so I'm not neighborhood, but I'm, I'm from the neighborhood. Why do that? Because now I just put ETGs on my bumper. I just put Hoover <laughs> on my bumper. I put 60, I put yeah. uh, Harlem. I claimed the West Coast. Sometimes I would take pictures in blue, red, black. You know, I we wore black a lot. Then I met Raider from Santana Block. He like, you know, yeah. we wear black. I'm like, I, I didn't know about that. The black shit was new to me too. That Santana Block crib. Yeah. So anyway, stay clear of that if you don't have to do that. Other than that, flossing, like take it easy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You you know, if you showing off a bunch of money, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you got to understand in every ghetto, I don't care anywhere in the United States, people are listening to this all over the United States. There is a car rolling through that hood right now with four guys, four guns, and $20 in that car between them niggas. Now, you posting some shit up on the Instagram, a big old stack of money, 100000 
You got to understand you food. You got to understand. When Kim Kardashian posted that $14 million ring, yeah. uh, you brought niggas out of retirement. Like yeah. niggas like that ain't well, stealing. Like what they wear? On. Wait a second. Let me explain something too quick because you know I'm a little closer to the situation. Okay. When that happened, the first thing I thought, you know what? Maybe this is some bullshit. It's fake. And then I checked in with some of my people out there. Right. I said, Ben, where is the number one pickpocketing going on in the world? Paris. All the gypsies going crazy. I said, they said, Ben, have you lost your mind? She posted a fucking $20 million ring. This is my that, point. This wasn't no fucking gypsy. These were cat burglars. These were fucking Ocean's Eleven. They went and said, listen, you know, if they fucking dump this thing for fucking $8 million, do you know what that spreads between five? Like, this is going to feed a lot of people. Dude. And I was like, you know, the way she was shook up, the way they got her, they got the doorman, they got everyone. Dude, you know, they, they, listen, man, listen, yeah. man, I ain't broke the law in years and years. The Marriott's right down here. You got, somebody posts a fucking thing up saying we got, you know, 10, 20 million in cash right down here. My phone will start ringing. Niggas will be like, yo, cuz, ain't that over where you live? Like, I mean, it's you no, can't no. do it. You know, yeah. um, you can't do it. People are broke. Like I told my son, I said, when you wear jewelry, you don't even wear jewelry. I don't even wear jewelry no <laughs> never, more. Never, yeah. You know, I wear watches, somebody. I'm like, look, when you when you wear jewelry, it's like wearing hundred dollar bills sticking out of your shirt walking through the projects. Yeah. You know, and people are people are hungry. Dude, I've been broke. I've been that nigga that had 20 bucks for like a week. Yeah. That's it. Like figuring out thirsty, physically hungry. You know, yeah. and here you come through, blah, blah, blah. Niggas will rob you and apologize to you. Niggas <laughs> will pull up on me, be like, yo, Ice, man, I'm sorry, man. I'm fucked up. I, I need that, my nigga. I need that. And I got to, I got to give you these hot ones, too, because you'll probably come back for me. Because, listen, man, that flossing, I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, I got a car. It's one thing to say, hey, you know, I'm happy I bought this. But when you start to, sh like, giving away your 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 where you are, yeah, I told you what I'm doing here, and you ain't. I, I don't want people showing. You gotta, you gotta be. See, Trust social me, media, man. yeah, is dangerous. It's a treasure chest. My niggas in, in, in Imperial Courts call Instagram Jackers Uber. Yeah, I mean a treasure map. I'm sorry, it's GPS for for. Yeah, they yeah. could sit around. They, they could fill a car. They'd be like, okay, okay, Cuz is at this spot. Okay, wait a minute. He ain't got his big pieces on tonight. So then they go hit your crib. Yeah. You dig? Okay. Yo. You or know. they know every rapper stayed at the Montrose for that one time. You know what I mean? They was going over there. Or the security the security yeah. is, is is setting. Listen, man. I mean, you know, and, and I, I was listening to uh, Slick Rick the other day, and they asked him the difference in the jewelry, the old jewelry and new jewelry. New jewelry is expensive. Yeah. These cats are walking around with half a million, million dollars worth of shit around their yeah, neck. real talk. You make it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They make them, I mean, you know, and then they out and they hanging and, and you walking around broke people, you know, people that don't have yeah. it like you. It's it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Just think about it. Just think, think, think no, about it. That's 100% real. And, and that's not hating. That's just. Not at all. Think about it, you know. Uh, shit, you know. And and I, I don't let my nuts hang. I'm, I'm not going to go up in somebody's hood with a bunch of diamonds on and this, that, even though I got security, you know, that. Nah, I'm past. No, nah, I hear you. You know, what is security? I mean, they can't be with you all the time. And Some of them are, but, you know, you're talking about people are spending seven figures on security. This shit's a, it, it's crazy. Niggas will lay them down, too. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? If you got a team 
and you know there's a million, million five, two million, three million in the room, nigga, everybody can get it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you get you get into a different realm of 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 robberies and right. shit. Now, God forbid it ever happens to anybody, you know what I'm saying? Like I tell niggas, these niggas wanna run up in my house, that's cool. They can steal a TV off the fucking wall and shit. There's nothing in this motherfucking house. My money's in the bank. Yeah. I don't got nothing. What you want my credit? You want my ATM? <laughs> nigga, I'm I'm cool. I'm No, here. I hear you. I, 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 I mean, I can't say the same, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't keep people think I got like fucking Two million dollars in gold in my house. That that'd be, that that'd be stupid. Yeah. That'd be stupid for what? For what? You know what I'm saying? You know, but and if you did, why don't you show it on Instagram? Yeah, never in a million years. <laughs> Walk us through your front door and show yeah. it. You know, you crazy. I got a movie. I got a song by Body Count called "The Ski Mask Way." It's all about that. You know, I will let you see it after this. Okay, it's, it's all about that. If you had to crown one person, right? Now this is tough. If you had to crown one person. As the king of West Coast hip hop, who would it be? As the king? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm most fond of Ice Cube. Right. I, I just think because Ice Cube was writing for everybody in NWA. I mean, 100%. That powerful lyric, when he said straight out of Compton, he shook me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? I, um, and then I think I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of valuable players on the West Coast, but I, I say Cube and Dre right. are two most influential in my book. Now I'd agree with you. You know, Dre is like the fucking Quincy Jones of our era, man. Yeah. I mean, fuck with fuck with Dre's record. I mean, all right, NWA, JJ Fad, Tupac, Snoop, Eminem, Eminem, Fifty Cent, Game. Now he's got uh, Andrew back. Can't, stop it. Yeah. No, no one. He's unfuckwithable. No, he really is. You dig what I'm saying? But then Cube with the words behind most of that stuff for easy, you know. And even his solo. Come on, America Most Wanted. Are you kidding me? That album fucking fucked me up so bad. Yeah, but then fucking Snoop. Snoop is. Oh a, yeah. Snoop. Yeah. Snoop is a fucking like legendary monster like yes you know i'm the beauty of west coast rap is it's a very small tree right and you know early hip-hop at west coast rap was nwa and who they became as they branched off from cube to the comrades and all the different people above the law and right syndicate which is all the other groups that i put together right and i did that based off of lucky luciano creating the commission i said yeah hmm why don't we create a commission where we agree as a syndicate not to fight? Let's talk. We'll sit down before we beef. So that incorporates Cypress Hill. That incorporates low profile. That incorporates all these different cats. Yeah. And they said, we down. When people say, well, Ice, you're the leader of the syndicate. I'm, I'm the founder. I have no pull over Cypress Hill. I, I, yeah. I, they did, we just made an agreement to uh, let's, let's build mugs. Yeah, can we? That's my guy. And we never, we never had no beef because we agreed to that. And then it was Delicious Vinyl, which was yeah. Tone Loke. That's it. That was L.A. Yeah. And any squabble could be could be handled. The only time it ever got out of hand was a family feud. N.W.A. Yeah. You know, and I think Cuban um, Cypress had it for a minute. But they did. I was in, I was in the middle of it. Unfortunately, I got caught dead in the middle. You know what though? Booyah Tribe got in with with Tone Loke. Booyah. That was some weird shit. Booyah is a self-contained gang. Yeah, they're crazy. They're so. self-contained gang. And I always made sure to stay 
on their good side. I remember one time yeah. Everlast when he liked Terry B, he came at me like, "Yeah, I want to fight Booyah." I was like, "On your own, Everlast." He yeah. probably laugh about it today. I'm yeah. like, "On your own, <laughs> I'm not fucking with Booyah." Try air crazy as hell. Yeah. Have you ever met Donald Trump before? I've been in his presence twice, and uh, I don't think I ever really made eye contact with him. <laughs> I met him once when we roasted him on that Donald Trump roast. Right. He was in the room, and him and his wife were standing over there, and they were doing photo ops. Right. And uh, I think Coco was getting ready to want to take a picture, you know, and I, I, I was like, go ahead. She's like, you don't want a picture? I'm like, nah. And she's like, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm cool. And then uh, uh, I passed him at the at the Indy 500. We were walking in different directions. There goes was Donald Trump. I don't even know. I don't know if he shook my hand. I, 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 Donald Trump, like, I just never really had much of a, I just, he was just a, a guy that owned hotels to me. I don't yeah, no, for sure. And I, then, I, didn't became... I don't have any reason to, like, be on his dick or anything. I just... I mean, do you fuck with politics at all or not? No, I got out of crime. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's very complicating. Politics and religion are very polarized. Trust me, I, it is. It's, it's fucking crazy. Polarizing. I mean, of course I want better, but every politician will say some shit you agree with and some stuff that's kind of like way out. Yeah. You know, so it's, they said if God had wanted us to vote, he would have given us candidates. I think that in the future, it'll be some mass super brain computer. I don't think there'll be presidents. I think it'll be some big matrix head computer and then everybody at their home will be able to, like a law or something will come up and you'll just vote doing the number and it'll just win. And There's just so much corruption, dog. I just can't even, and someone hacking and shit. And human fucking, nature. Yeah. So look at man, check this out, man. Have you ever seen a, have you ever seen a movie of the future where it was happy? It's always the world has come to post-apocalyptic you know destruction. I never thought about that. It's cra crazy, right? We know where we're headed. How the fuck do you get up, 62 years old, bro, you get up and you still move around about your day? Like, I mean, dog, how, bro? I'm, I'm 48 and I'm like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm ready to fucking, I'm dead at certain points. Honestly, Ben, I love everything I do. Every, I'm, Chuck D told me, he said, Ice, if you're not having fun, you shouldn't do it. If I didn't really like you or enjoy you, we wouldn't be doing this. 100%. I would be sitting. I would be sitting here playing Xbox or something. So I kind of like only do things. Somebody just got off the phone with me with this this offer, right. and I'm like, sounds like fun. I told him I said it's. I, I have an available day. It's someplace I don't mind going. Atlantic City. I like it. It's not like you want me to go. So there's things they ask you that you're like, I, it doesn't seem like it's gonna be fun. Yeah. So now my, all my decisions are based on how much stress and how much time will this call me. Same. Cause me. So I just like everything I'm doing. I think, you know, it's cliche to say when you do stuff you love, you don't work. But I really enjoy body count. I really enjoy going in the studio. I really enjoy fucking with my people. I don't do a lot of shit. I just do the stuff I like. And... um I don't know. I think, honestly, I think if I stop, I'll die. I think. Oh, shit. You answered my question then. Yeah. I think I'll die. I can't. I, I, can't, I don't even vacation well. I Damn. don't vacation well. Like, I get I get out there a day or two looking at my feet, and then I'm like. There's nowhere you like to go, like like Central Pairs. I love shit. it. Like, I love okay, it. Okay. I love it, but not for extended periods of time. You know, right. I, I like. I, but I've been fortunate. Music has taken me around the world. True. That's true. 
I've seen great wealth. I've seen all kinds of stuff. And I've gotten to the point where I know what I like and I know what I want. And, and it, it, it gives you a, it gives you a, a kind of a calm, you know, I don't need a 200 foot yacht because a yacht is a big fucking. Trust me. You're money in, pit. Well, also, you're just sitting in the middle of the fucking ocean. Yeah. Now you're, it's like an island. You sit in the middle of the ocean. Now, yeah. it depends on who you're on that yacht with. Right. More than what the yacht's like. Right. You know, uh, uh, you know so I'm, I'm with Coco. We could be in New York. I, I say, you know what, right now, there's, n there's nothing in New York we can't do. Right. Right now, right now, if me and you were to say, yo, let's go out tonight and let's just ball out, right? Straight up, easy. It would be hard to spit. I mean, if we went to have the best dinner, best champagne, da 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 da, me and you, two, uh, you and your wife, my wife, five thousand dollars. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's not, and the the only way to spend more is to waste it. Yeah, to what, throw it, uh, or uh, bring twenty motherfuckers. You right. have to multiply the experience to blow through it, but to do it, it doesn't. It's not all that hard. No, I you know don't. what I'm saying? If I want to go to to. It's, but you know what's more important? Juice. Yeah. Juice is more. I got a rhyme where I say juice is more important than cash for real. Money you spend, but true power you feel. So if you say, hey, man, we want to go to the Formula One races. Well, we could afford to go. But can we get in Lewis Hamilton's pit? Can we get into the paddock? Yeah, right. Can we get saying. there? That's the juice. Real talk. Money's not going to get us there. Real talk. See? And I don't want to go just I want to go. You know what I'm saying? So when people say, Ice, you want to go to D Dubai, I'm like, I need the plug. Yeah. I want to go with the, I don't want to just go over there. You want to go see the king. You want to be, you know, with the sultans and all that shit. I yeah, get it. that's the way. So I've learned that I don't need to pull my hair out to, to have some extensive, huge supernatural bank account. I'm in a position where I can do what I want to do, see what I want to uh, see, sure. and drink my Kool-Aid and chill and not get headaches. What it, the unknown is what drives you crazy when you think like, what is it like? I've never, I've never done it. I've never had a Ferrari like Ben. So that 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 anxiety is always going to be in it. But once you get it, you know, you know, you've spent a lot of money on shit, and you you, you, you that that anxiety, you get it, and then it's sitting. Yeah. You're just looking at it like I don't give a fuck anymore. To tell you the truth, I used to look in the garage when I get a new car, <laughs> and I used to, and, I, and I go back and I look in the garage like, oh shit, that's that car. I, I, it ain't it ain't there like that no more. I still love uh, love cars. I love enjoying driving them and things. But, right. you know, I just got other things. I'm, I'm more of a dad. You know, I like being around the kids. But you've speaking, matured. You've speaking matured. of which, how hard is it chasing a little baby girl at 62, it's man? The, Chanel is the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, Muhammad Ali said, when a man has a child in the second half of his life, meaning after 50, it resets his whole life. Real shit. Life starts all over again. And uh, when I had Chanel... It was like, I got to stay healthy. I got to keep working. I got to be creative. I got to, I got to be here for her. I mean, I, I wanted, I want to see her graduate. I want to, you know, and you, you got to live. Yeah. I immediately lost weight. I immediately got myself healthy. I'm like, you know, and it's just a new life. It's just, yeah. it's exciting. And, and taking her on tour, she's on body count. She's, she's dropping the mic at the end of the show. There's, there's nothing else in life I could have got that was going to be as exciting and as appreciated as chanel uh what i need another gold record no what i need some more bullshit material shit no what i need some big place with extra rooms that i can't even walk into <laughs> to, you know i got i got right. I, I was at dre's house 
and he took me to this gym. I'm like, nigga, just walking to your gym yeah. burnt me the fuck out. I was yeah. getting to your gym. I was like, this shit, the walk. Yeah. I mean, you know, my gym's five feet from mine. I can't get to it. So, but you know, I don't. I I I just love Chanel. She's just. It's, it's, I can it, tell. And you know what it is? My daughter. I had her while I was in the streets. I wasn't able to focus on her. I was I was presence over present. Yeah. I was I was more about giving her stuff. She always had the best sneakers and all that, but I was yeah. hustling. I didn't even really have an address, you dig? So I would give her mom shit like that. And that was my daughter. Ice was born at the beginning of me being famous. He's 27 years. That's my yeah. that but that's when my career started. Yeah. I was way out. I was trying to be a star. I was here. I was there. I took care of him and Darlene, but I wasn't as focused. I wasn't, I wasn't focused. I'm like, you got him? You got him? Is he good? Is he good? Is he good? Yeah. Chanel, I was with Coco through the pregnancy. I took Coco to the hospital. The baby came home. Chanel still sleeps in the bed with us. Yeah. You know, she she got her own bedroom. But that's why I have my kids so late. I have my first child at 40. You feel me? Like, and yeah. and, and, and now I could get, I'm there every, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm part of it. Yes. Everything. I remember at 20, I could have had, I was going to have a kid. I was like, fuck, I can't do this. No, you're not ready. I like, yeah, I wasn't ready. You know, I just celebrated my eighth wedding anniversary. Me and my wife been together for just over 10 years. What advice do you have for shit? Me, the listeners listening globally. And uh, like, what advice do you have to have a, to having a, a long and strong marriage? Compromise. Compromise. It's hard enough to get along as it, we're humans and humans are fucked up creatures. Yeah. So the f first you have to admit how fucked up you are. Like <laughs> without anybody around, you got to realize I could be an asshole. I could be a problem. I'm a pain in the ass. I have my own demons. Okay. Right. Then you look at your wife and you go, I love you for dealing with my shit. Real like time. if you think your shit don't stink, you never going to be in a relationship because you're never going to find any love. You're going to say, well, I know why you love me because I'm perfect. I love you. Love me. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, nah, you. I, I'm, I got my own shit. You dig? But you fuck with me and I'm fucking with you. Once you get that compromise and understanding. Second thing is men and women. It's not stupid. It's different. So your woman, my like Coco's hardwired to shoes. Because women are hardwired to fashion. Right. Men sure. are hardwired to to <laughs> m machines. Right. We like watches. We like gadgets. We like cars. cars. Look over there. I got a little Porsche, a little a LaFerrari over there on the mantle. Yeah. I got a fucking big bullet. I got some dumb shit that it's but that's my shit. That's yeah. I'm, I'm that's my man shit. You got little dolls, right? Don't fuck with them. Yeah. Is it stupid? No, it's different. That's yeah. that's how we shit we like. Yeah. So when you start calling your wife stupid, it's that's where you fuck up. No, it's, I know. It's just <laughs> different. Right. That's the key. That, that that lets you under. And a lot of things is like we, women like to talk. We want to shut them down. We're asking them to be men. We're saying get to the point. Yeah. No, that's not what a woman does. A yeah. woman a woman has to ex express herself. It's true. So as a man. When you're listening to your woman talk, you're not really listening. You're waiting for your chance to get in. You're, yeah. you're not even really paying attention. You're just saying, where can I jump in and say my bullshit? Yeah. Let her be a woman or you're going to force her into being a man. And you don't yeah. want her to be a man. For sure. So, you know, appreciate what a woman is. You know, appreciate, okay, they gossip, they talk, that's they shit, that's they. Now, if you're a man and you do it, what do we say? You're a bitch. Yeah. But- <laughs> 
but they women. So, you know, basically, you know, by default, they bitches. So they can do it and we can't. So, I, I mean, that, obviously you love your woman, but you know what they say? They say, Ben, when a woman finds the right man, it's the right time. When a man hits the right time, he'll find the right woman. And once you hit that point in your life where you're like, I'm done, I'm ready, you were good. Yeah. Before that, you was a disaster. Yeah. You were a disaster because we ain't ready. It's a point of man, you say, okay, I done been in the club. I knocked every bitch I could. I could did this. I got, I, my ego is now at the, because it's it's usually our ego. We got to fill a quota. We got to prove to ourselves that we, that guy, we got to do the dumb shit. We got to pick the girls up. We got, okay, I can do that any night of the week. I'm tired. You know, when I met Coco, I was watching, you bug this out. I was watching Sharon Osbourne. So I'm watching Sharon Osbourne on the Osbournes. I'm like, would Ozzy have a house if it wasn't for Sharon Osbourne? Does Ozzy Osbourne seem like a motherfucker to pay the fucking phone bill? No. Yeah. Does Ozzy look like he could cook a meal? No. Sharon has him in a mansion. I said, I'm very good as an artist at creating, you know, income, but I don't like doing the other stuff. I said, I need a woman that's on that tip. Same. And uh, Coco was able to accommodate that. You know, I'm not saying my ex wasn't. I'm just saying maybe I wasn't. No, the timing is really on point, for real. Like, it was just time, and, and the, the stars and moon aligned, and we was it was it. it was, Everything moved smooth. Nothing felt rushed, and it just, it's a, it was just it's a, a great thing when it happened. No, 100%. That's why it's celebrated. Yeah. And when it's not, when it's not celebrated, it's usually because your friends know it's not the right time. Yeah. When people go, word, nigga, you about to get married? Yeah. You out here fucking every motherfucking yeah. thing that moves. What the <laughs> fuck you talking about you getting married? We know, but then when you, but, you know, like I always was, like when you're talking about hanging around with pimps and players, pimps would, players would always say, acknowledge the situation. If you got a girl and you in love, let us know and we'll respect her like a queen. Don't come in here with some chick and act like she's a toss-up and right. then get mad because somebody tried to move on her. Right. You didn't, so always respect your queen. And men have this way of saying it. Like, I might not know that's your wife. He's like, that's my, that's my wife right there. Yeah. And that says, yeah. and, and they know how your yeah. boys be like, who's that Ben? Oh, that's my wife. Uh, hi. They just switch because yeah. they know this is yeah. life or death situation right here. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I've been very fortunate to have Coco in my corner. You know, all relationships have their ups and downs. They got their bullshit. But if you really love somebody, you're going to pull through and, uh, you know, I'm with Coco for the rest of the way out. I don't have any plans. You know, a lot of times you're with somebody, you're like, I have an exit strategy set up at some point. I'm going to do this or that. But nah, nah, man. nah I I, I, I'm for the rest of the way out with Chanel. This is iced tea, you know, and uh, I'm just lucky to have arrived at this place, man. Yeah. Because I never thought I was going to make it. I, bro, you're a different person from just even seeing the evolution of you was crazy. Come on, man. Yeah. But, I, but you have to lose a lot of homies. Yeah, you got to see a lot of shit go through. You know, you got to check yourself. You got to bring yourself down a notch and you can just, you know, and don't compete. I'm, I've never been a competitive cat, man. I'm just doing me. I'm just trying to do the best iced tea yeah. I can. I, I can't compete with it. Nigga told me one day, he said, yeah, nigga, you ain't, nigga, you ain't. Well, I was riding by, I told, I said on Twitter one day, I was riding by a motherfucker and I was in a nice car. I, don't, I like, like to, I'm in a nice car. Nigga, tell me, nigga, 
on the bus stop. You ain't got more money than Jay-Z. I'm like, this nigga is worried about, <laughs> like, why are you yelling off the bus stop at me about Jay-Z? Like, yeah. you know, nigga, you ain't Dr. Dre, nigga. I'm like, you ain't Ice-T, nigga. Like, why are you worried about me, motherfucker? Yeah. So, my, I, it's all, you know, at the end of the day, though, Ben, it's all up here. Yeah. What's going on in here? You know, it's all what you perceive. You could be in the biggest suite, biggest suite in Vegas, and you lay down the beds. When you turn out the lights, you could be in Motel 6. It doesn't really matter. It depends on who you're in that bed with. It does, all that other shit, it, it's, it's just fluff, you know? I feel that. I like, now, one thing I, I'll tell you one thing I do like. I like when I get to fly private. Private's nice if you're on a big jet, if you're on a on a big plane. But yeah, just I just hate TSA. I hate TSA. <laughs> I hate all this shit. It's but so, I've flown I've flown private overseas and it was the worst experience ever, just because you know you hit the fucking yeah. air pockets and shit like that. I don't fly private all the time, but I no. that that's one luxury. No. I mean, more than boats and yachts and all that. I mean, no jet fuel is fucking insanely expensive. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, but when you can, I, I. But what I do now is like when people want me to do shit, I I put that in. I said, well, and I, you're right, or right, yeah. So I get it. TSA is a fucking pain. No, it's a motherfucking touching nightmare. your balls and shit. Yeah. Come on, man, stop <laughs> it. Man. You, Yo, man. Yeah. The, the last question I got <laughs> is: I ask every single person who comes to my show, uh, "Is there something you'd like to ask me?" You ain't got to, but if there is, ask me. Uh, is there something I'd like to ask Ben Baller? <laughs> Damn, I can't ask you what's your next move because that's a five-part answer. This fifteen hundred yeah. next moves. Uh, I, nah, I, I kind of know everything about you, man. I just wish you continued success and, you. and all your different endeavors. And uh, you know, I, you know, I look at you as family. Appreciate you held it. down little ice. You know, ice yeah. looked at you as, as an uncle. So I think you reprimanded him a few times. When, I, I, but you know what though, it came from a good place. Ice, I, 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 hey, I, but you, but you got to. Yeah, and, you know he's changed. He's you know he's twenty seven now. He yeah. was fucking. He was wilding back then. Yeah. You know, I appreciate it. You, yeah. He was wilding. But Listen, I didn't punch him in his mouth. <laughs> I had to put him in a headlock, you know what I mean? Be like, yo, bro, you're going to get, I, I can't have this happen on my watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what, as an uncle, what you supposed to do? Yeah. You see him out of pocket, and then, then he gets in trouble or he gets hurt. And then I've been like, yo, man, what the fuck was y'all doing? You know, so that's what we supposed to do for our kids and stuff. Yeah. Look out, man. You know what I'm saying? I see any of your little shorties out of pocket. I'm going to check them. Yeah. What the fuck you doing, man? Sit yeah. in that corner, man. You ain't moving till your father gets here, man. That bullshit. Yeah. But that's love is love. But anyway, man, yeah, no, no questions, man. Just continued success, man. Let's just keep living. We got kids and uh, stay healthy. And, you know, you want to go on the ice tea, live forever, die, just keep moving. But I don't think you're going to stop moving. I don't see yeah. you stop moving. I got too many hustles, man. That's crazy. I just... But man, listen, Ice, uh, I can't tell you how grateful I am to have you in my life. Thank you for coming on the show. I always go to your spot, too, in, in Beverly Center, too. Oh, yeah. The store is beautiful. Icy Fresh. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I, are your brothers in there? My cousin, yeah. I always tell them to say hi to you. You know, that, that mall needs, needs a food court. Well, we're working on it right now. I've been talking shit about it for two years. You don't even want to know. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> we just jumped way over to the Beverly yeah. Center. I just, food I just bought the, I just bought the store next door. So okay. now we're expanding to get a little more. I need a VIP room where I can have someone like you and not be bothered by. If you nobody. go to, if you go to Beverly Center, stop by Ben Baller's set from Slauson Swap Me <laughs> to Beverly Center. You dig what I'm saying? They got, they got the real ice up in there. Stop playing, man. Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat your girl to some fucking studs or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, that's that's iced tea. 
the motherfucking legend. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back in a minute. Yo, Miles, throw on one of them Lakey Lake beats. That was a blessing. Uh, thank you again to Mr. Final Level, aka Ice T. Uh, shout out to my Rhyme Syndicate family, my Body Count family. Um, it's crazy. We we talked about the Law and Order SVU, and uh, I asked him. I was like, "Yo, bro, you think you guys are getting picked up for another season?" He's like, "Yo, I'm not sure." He didn't really know, right? And then the next day after I interviewed him, um, they mentioned that Dick Wolf and you know NBC whatever they got picked up for two new seasons, and yo, my man Ice. He makes a high six figures per episode and they film 20 episodes per season. So God bless. That bag is crazy. All right. Um, I definitely got to have more OGs on the show so I can push down this information to you younger cats. Um, I got Too Short and Freeway Rick Ross. Uh, they're on deck. Bone Thugs. I just need to get this going and figure out my schedule and everything. And, and um, you know, they're all down. We've spoken stuff. By the way, shout out to Marcus Jordan. It's Michael Jordan's son. He owns a sneaker store called Trophy Room in Orlando, Florida. Yes, the Michael Jordan's son. He's my boy. Hit me up out of nowhere last night. Um, so, yeah, the other day, Tuesday, was uh, Jordan Winter, a.k.a. one half of the Dust Brothers production team's birthday. So, you know, for Jordan's birthday, we chilled in the Million Dollar Man Cave. Uh, we smoked a fat-ass spliff. Shout out to my guy, Be Real, for the funky field tips. My man Kenji for blessing us for that with that kind OG. And then uh we ate some gourmet sandwiches with prosciutto and motherfucking all kinds of just shit that ain't you ain't ever gonna find at a motherfucking deli. Um and then we watched Ford versus Ferrari. And that shit was good. All right. Don't ask why it took so long, but um like I'm a fan of Matt Damon's, right? And I'm a huge fan of Christian Bale. But I felt like, yo, man, this is going to be watered down. You know, it's going to be a little corny. It might be a little too Hollywood. But actually, it was lit as fuck. It was a good movie. I wasn't bored in any parts of it. It was good. And you already know how much I fucking love cars. So, yo, I recommend that movie 100%. And um, I bless my man, uh, Miles, and, and Jordan with some sanitizer. Shout out to my boy, JT, again. Thank you very much for sending the sanitizer from Louisiana. And the them Zaps chips, holy shit, I've never had that before in my entire life. Not been to New Orleans. That shit was lit. Um, and then me and the Dust Brothers, we drank some Louis XIII um, on some celebratory shit, you know what I mean? And then my kids came home from school, and uh, it was a riggedy rap. That was it. But uh, the Dust Brothers started up a full-blown production company. And if you know anyone who has an interesting life, or if you have an interesting life, one of you listening, right, and you want to document it, archive it, you know, someone who's a public figure or, you know, someone who's a dope-ass teacher or any of the celebrities that listen to the show or anyone who wants to get professional podcasting production done, hit up the Dust Brothers on their new Instagram page at DB, D as in dick, B as in boy, DB Podcasts. And again, they're a full-service production team. They know exactly. They've been there since the beginning of podcasting. They understand every single bit of it, the ins and outs, splits, everything. Um, they'll put you up on what's really good, all right? Advertising, how to find your niche, like what you could talk about just after a couple conversations, a sit-down meeting. They even know marketing, all that shit. Yo, man, hit up my boy, the Dust Brothers, man. They'll get you right. 
Um, so Monday night in North Hollywood, a man was going westbound on Victory Boulevard in the left turn lane, about to make a left onto Laurel Canyon, going southbound. When some dude that was going southbound on Laurel Canyon, I guess he got allegedly got hit by a pickup truck. Pickup truck hits him. Then he tries to take off. Allegedly, I guess, I don't know. And then um, the BMW is pissed off. BMW was about 130, 140,000 brand new 2019, 2020 new body seven series with rims. He had 22s, full body kit. It was lowered. This motherfucker was burning out, like smashing, using all his entire 500 horsepower to demolish this pickup truck. He was big mad, angry as a motherfucker, door open like it was East Mont Mall, like it was Oakland got mad. He hit the, the pickup truck several times trying to use the pit maneuver, banging in this motherfucker. Shit got all the way hectic. Well, I found this video on Instagram. This happened Monday uh, late afternoon, and I posted it early evening Tuesday. Okay, the video now has almost five fucking million views on Twitter. All right, it's been liked over 200,000 times. It's been fucking retweeted 50,000 times. Translating those to Instagram numbers, that'd be like 10 million views easy. And this shit went beyond viral. The fucking official verified LAPD account, cops, you know I don't fuck with cops like that, replied to the fucking Twitter tweet, could you please DM us the time and location of this incident? Motherfucker, yeah, right. I'm about to go in there and fucking, I ain't no snitch. I don't even know what the fuck happened. So it's like, what the fuck is the point? That's why I got every news channel, KT, uh, CBS, NBC, Fox, ABC. And it's like, you know, what's funny is they arrested this guy, right? And they posted the video like, oh, the, this was, there's an arrest made of this. Blah, blah. Man, what the fuck are you talking about? You arrested this guy without my video. The crime was reported. There were no license plates. You know, it doesn't show either one of these guys' cars license plate, okay? There was at least 100 easily. There's a busy fucking intersection, one of the busiest, right? There's at least 100 fucking witnesses, and for sure at least 10 to 12 people reported this, and that's how dude got caught. I had nothing to do with that dumbass motherfucker getting arrested, all right? But also, never in my life did I think this shit was going to go this viral? Like, it went, this is like, you could name enormous celebrities who don't have shit like this. This is like that fluke viral shit. And uh, to be honest, though, I'm sure most of you saw this video, right? The motherfucker crashing in the cars. That dude is low-key my idol. He's like my hero. Because anyone in L.A. that has driven in L.A. through the L.A. traffic has felt that way before, okay? Just that none of us acted on it and um, what's crazy is all you got to do, and this is some real shit, all you got to do is hit the wrong motherfucker, all right? You hit the wrong person, and that person is as G as you are, because this dude was definitely, Armenian dude was, was, was he, he looked like he was with the shits, right? But all you need is a guy who has had a bad day, maybe he lost his job, maybe he lost his dad, his wife, his chino, you don't know what the fuck's going on with him, and then he's strapped. All he got to do is pull out his shit and boom. Now there's just t-shirts of we miss you on there. Um, you know what I'm saying? There's sad songs being dedicated and everything. But you know, listen, oh well, man. I had to mention the shit because people were going fucking crazy thinking I was the dude behind the wheel. But nah, that wasn't me. Uh, what else, man? The Lakers are doing their thug thizzle. We beat Philly, but listen, we need to beat Philly when they're healthy. Dog. We need, we need, 
Embiid and motherfucking Ben Simmons and that bitch. It just that was some fake shit. They came at us pretty early. Like it's crazy. Um, but what I'm really curious about is we can get this W tonight or is it tomorrow night? Think tomorrow. Night. We need that that win versus Milwaukee. Okay, that'll put me in a whole different mood. All right. Um, what else, man? I've been trying so hard not to buy a car this past week. Uh, shout out to my boy Michael Gunsborg, you motherfucker. Found me an amazing fucking deal on a Senna. And uh, man, shouldn't, right now shouldn't be the time I'd be buying a hypercar. Um, listen, I'm not a huge fan of Koenigsegg, but they just released their Jamera, which is their new four seat, like luxury exotic car, has well over a thousand horsepower. It does zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds, which means it will smash any fucking hypercar on the earth. It will slap any car out there, even motherfucking 2,000 horsepower Corvette. This shit is ridiculous. This is going to rival the Tesla Roadster. And this weighs like 3,700 pounds, much bigger car. And it does some astronomical top speed, like 260 or some shit. But uh, it's got enough luxury in there. Um, like It's like a GTC Luso comparison. It's just the only problem is these start at $1.7 million. And to me, that's really not that bad considering most of the Kona Sigs are, are four to five million dollars. I don't know, man. I'm interested in the car. I talked to my boy Dan and I. He's he's plugged in real well with them. But then on the other end, my accountant, you know, he's like, listen, interest rates just dropped a point. And so right now is a good time for you to cash out a little bit, time to refinance, drop your payments and everything. And you know, I got an amazing what eight eight twenty credit score. I got fucking insane revolving credit with barely any credit used. But you know what? I was thinking, um, this is totally separate now. Uh, we jump around a lot on this show. I think I'm going to go on my Instagram live a little more often because I have a lot of fun talking to people who follow me who I have no idea who the fuck they are. And, um, you know, like help some of these guys out. To, uh, the other night I met a uh, an aspiring black jeweler who's, who's doing his thing in Seattle. And I don't know, man, if I could help this dude out just a little bit. I don't need shit back from this guy at all. What the fuck, you know? But I try to drop game and advice. Um, a lot of people got on my live. And um, I was on there for a minute. Justin Bieber jumped on to show some love. And uh, people were bugging, man. It was crazy. Um, but you know what, though? Th this is like a good time. You know, like, if, you know, since people are scared to go out, um, I'm not promoting none of that shit. I'm just saying people are paranoid, whatever. Again, there's no water at Costco. Motherfuckers sold the shit out. The ones that have it, they're rationing two cases per person. There's no dry pasta anywhere. Shit's all fucked up everywhere, right? Sanitizer's been sold out. It's fucking gone. But you know, if we get if we do get locked down and we're ordered to stay home, okay? By the way, it still means you should wash your hands and wash your ass often, right? But that'd be a good time for you guys who are just joining in to catch up on my, on my podcast episodes if you haven't. Binge listen, all right? Uh, okay, of course, play some video games, play some League of Legends, play some COD, play some NBA 2K too, right? Uh, watch some good movies. If you got any good suggestions on movies and think hard because you know I don't like no whack shit and then I'm with some some bootleg shit. I'm, I'm with like some official shit. Hit me with some good picks. Um, I pray this lockdown or whatever this fucking, whatever this shit's gonna, if, if it does happen or when it happens, I hope it's done soon. Um, I hope this shit just boils over, man. I got fucking floor seats to a Laker game in a few weeks and I'm taking my bro Michael Rapport. We trying to get kicked out of there. He's trying to go fucking crazy on LeBron. Who fucking knows? But what I do know is that's all the time we have for today's pod. Uh, thanks again. Uh, don't forget, always tell a friend to tell a friend. 
about Behind the Baller podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't. And never, ever forget, this is not your practice life. My man, Lakey Lake, take us home, my G.